You may be busy doing something while you listen to this podcast, but you're never too busy to eat healthy if you eat Vite Ramen. This podcast is sponsored by Vite Ramen. Show support for a sponsor that supports Moore's Law is Dead at the link in the description. And if you do, make sure you use offer code BROKENSILICON. And you can also support Moore's Law is Dead if you need Windows keys or software at cdkeyoffer.com. If you go there, also use the code BROKENSILICON for 25% off Windows keys or die shrink for 3 percent off everything else on the website all right now let's get on with the show Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and I am joined today as I looked back. It has been since 2019, 2019, 2020, 2021, now 2022. Good Lord, that means it's been four years. (laughs) (laughs) David tends to come on for an end of year episode where we look back at all of the news from this year, maybe look it forward to the next year a little bit. And I love doing this with you, David, because... You're such a different channel than me, so (laughs) I feel like, you know, this can only be an interesting conversation from two entirely different tech channels looking back at the previous year, but I guess I've already said your name. Introduce yourself, please. I'm David. Hello. (laughs) I I make different tech videos. (laughs) You know, this is such... I, I don't want to get ahead of us here, but I remember last year we talked about prices and mm, shortages yeah. and i remember you you brought up a point that i latched onto for the entire year which was you know about inflation and prices going around all over the place you said oh i'm from south africa i'm just used to it and it's just welcome to the rest of the world yeah. <laughs> you know <Yeah>. americans <laughs> yeah and i mean i i think cuz one of the reasons i brought that up was because when i lo- left south africa the 2080 ti had just come out and it was selling for the equivalent of like three or four thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and it was just every single generation it was that happening. And yeah, with the forty series, it's it's really happening now here as well. So that that sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, let me let me jump into some more lighthearted uh, submissions before we get into the look back at twenty twenty two. Uh, Crass writes in and he says, "Silly David, I noticed you recently changed how you pronounce the word 30 in your videos to a more, I guess, Western pronunciation. I don't, I don't even know what Western means. A more North American pronunciation, I assume he means. I like that South African pronunciation, though, and I hope that the random people in the YouTube comments are not bullying or shaming <laughs> you into changing your style. I think that Davidisms like Back Alley Knife Battle and 3060 Scumbag Edition, Loser Nitro Suckface are hilarious and one of my favorite parts of watching your channel. Keep being you. And let me tell you, I know it. He's, I mean, I'm not from South Africa, but my family is from Minnesota, and I say sorry. But you, you live in Canada now, right? Those yes. are probably used to hearing sorry pronounced that way. Yeah. Um, and I, I get it for my weird Midwestern accent all the time. <laughs> How did you used to say 30? I'd like to hear both. Well, I mean, I, 30. So like 30, 60, 30, 70. And, and I, I still kind of do say it like that. It's just in a recent video, I, I was talking about the 3060 and 
it, it, when I edited the video, I realized I was saying 30, 60, and I had a complete just existential crisis over it because I, th- I, I assumed I've just been living in Canada for too long. And it's kind of my, my accent is slowly changing into mm-hmm. a more North American one. So don't worry. I appreciate the very positive sentiment of that comment, but no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's not bullying. It's, it's just gentrification of accent i guess <laughs> gentrification and a, na- a natural evolution of yes. how you sound yes yeah yeah um yeah. so uh, yeah you know it's funny when i i will be going back to minnesota for christmas to stay with my family up there and let me tell you i am sure that my accent sounds more like the people from the movie fargo when i'm up <laughs> in minnesota and and in fact my parents because we, we had been in living in illinois for a long time since they moved back to Minnesota, they are sounding more and more like they are from Minnesota. Oh, don't you know? Let me tell you, they sound just <laughs> like they're from there making a hot dish. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That you you really do that accent very well because obviously, I mean, you know, it makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like I was born into that accent. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, Brian Steiner writes it, and he says, "Hi, Tom and David. This question is specifically for David." When you start testing a pre-built, do you wear your nitrile gloves prior to removing the bloatware, which I consider PCSTDs? Also, are you going to do more serious testing this year or more of the watch at a safe distance, but don't try this configuration at home type content? Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll answer that. Well, I'll answer the, the glove bit first. I use Valida gloves before mm-hmm. I do the, the STD removal because I feel they're more stylish than the nitrile <laughs> gloves. Uh, and I'm, I'm still not getting paid by Valida to say that. They've taken out a restraining order, so that's not going mm. very well. But um, in terms of more serious testing, uh, I, I guess it, de- mean, like, it depends on what you define as serious testing. But in terms of running things in use cases that don't make sense, I think the main reason I do that is because there are so many really good channels that have mm-hmm. very in-depth testing of so many valid use cases and stuff that it, I, you know, those channels do it really well already. So I kind of do the dumb stuff because, yeah, it's fun and it, it's a bit of a different take on it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably stick to that, uh, mm-hmm. because there's no point in competing with like gamers nexus, for example, when it comes to like hardcore testing. So, you know, they can do it well. Yeah. And I mean, I think you, you said you saw like my 4090 and 4080 review. Mm-hmm. I, I do benchmark quantitatively, like a handful of games that I think come to a good average. I remember actually during the 2000 slash amd 5000 series like turing versus rdna1 when i reviewed the 5700 my results came within two percent of the hardware and boxed average so i'm pretty happy with that but i'm never going to try to get to a 50 game because it takes 10 times the work to get there and i'm mostly going to focus on like my experience and my Mm. opinion because I'm not going to match hardware on Boxster Gamers Nexus. Like you said, like they're, yeah. they're the ones who are going to do the 50 game roundups and like take apart the card and use a thermal gun all over it. Yes. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. And then, you know, and, and like you were saying, I, I also do try and have relevant information in the videos. Uh, but yeah, L- leave it, leave it to, st- to the Steves to, to do yeah, that really. Yeah. <laughs> The Steves and the Pauls, it seems. A lot of people yes. name that in benchmarking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarcastro writes in and he says, David, you spent some time living in Japan. Did you get to experience any of the gamer culture while you were there? And what are some differences between Canadian or USA gaming culture versus Japanese? 
Um, so it was it was like three years ago. So it may have changed quite a bit since I was since I was living there. But the PC gaming culture difference was it, it wasn't that prevalent there. It seemed like aside from you know if you went to Akihabara, which is like the mm-hmm. main tech center in Tokyo, the kind of like tourist trap tech center bit, uh, they had really cool PC gaming hardware shops there. But anywhere outside of that, it was much less prevalent. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I did notice that people really seem to to use a lot of mobile games there, and I think it's because of how much public transport uh, is just kind of exists there. So on like trains and stuff, everybody's playing mobile games. Uh, so I think that they they kind of lean a lot more into that side of the gaming culture than like the the PC gaming culture that we're used to. Uh, so that was just my experience there. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading for years that like. Sony is like increasingly doing better and better with PlayStation globally, mm-hmm. but in Japan, their home console business is just dwindling. Mm-hmm. Well, Nintendo takes off, and it's just because people handheld game. And it's funny, I I used to have a Game Boy. I played the ever living crap out of a PSP, and I did have a Vita. But I by the time I even got to college, I was driving myself everywhere, so I never really used it. You know, yeah. I don't really use handheld gaming that much. Yeah. Um, it, it's same here. Like I, I, I didn't even own any of those, th- those handheld consoles. Cause I, I've, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just, it, it well, just, and the older I get, I'm like, I, if I'm going to play a game, let me play a game. I'm going to yeah. sit down and it's going to be a big game. I'm not really interested in doing it from, for five to 10 minutes here and there, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Does it seem like, did, I don't know how long you were there. Does it feel like it's picking up? Cause I just had Techia city on lived in Japan yeah. or I don't know if he still does. He might've just gone back to Australia. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but he said that it does feel like Japan's finally starting to have a PC gaming culture. Oh, okay. whereas it was like non-existent 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, just, just three years ago when I was, I lived there for two years okay. and over that entire period, like it, it, it really didn't feel huge because I was also like on the used market there and stuff a lot because I, I, it's where I started my, my tech channel and there was just so much less stuff for mm-hmm. like used PC hardware and stuff for sale compared to console gaming. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, it's cool to hear that it's, it's picking up there because, uh, I, I do want to go back at some point. It was, it was really cool living there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, let us start getting into it. So the way this was organized, you know, I put together and yeah, I was shocked by my own list too. like the (laughs) list of news from this year and what we expect to be news next year. And I sent it to you and I was like, what are you most interested in? And then I kind of did the same with Dan. And so we tried to get most of the early news, like 30, 80, 12 gigabyte and some of that stuff out of the way with Dan on a previous episode. But one thing that was in the first half of 2022 that you wanted to kind of start with was the 6500 XT. So I, you know, actually today looked back at my old videos. Then I called it the pricing singularity because I was like, it was, I I thought the 6500 XT was the milestone, whether you like it or not, good or bad. You're going to look back on that and go, yeah, it's kind of when low end gaming died on PC, <laughs> at least for new graphics cards. Um, I, how did you see it though? Because you said you wanted to talk about it. Well, I mean, the the main thing that outraged me about that launch was that they that was when AMD started removing the H.264 encoder off of their lower end cards, which 
really bothers me. I really like how much does one of those cost to put on a GPU? Sure, on a PCB. Like, surely it can't be, it's not that big a price saving. And it's just such a useful thing to have because the 6400 also doesn't have one on. And mm-hmm. it just it just really, really agitates me. So that, that was the main reason I wanted to talk about it because, yeah, I want an H.264 encoder. Well, let me ask you this, and I can answer, like, how much it costs because I don't... Well, I, I, well, I guess I'll say that first. I With AMD, what they're trying to do right now is maximize cost per millimeter squared on every die. I mean, honestly, in its current form, Navi 31... It didn't meet expectation. It didn't meet their performance goals. It seems, but it's still like a three hundred millimeter squared five nanometer die. It's still pretty small. They they keep doing everything they can to minimize the size so they can compete in cost easily. And I, I I'm confident the sixty five hundred XT was intended to always be bundled with either an Alder Lake APU or Rembrandt. And those both have those that encoder. And okay. so this graphics card was only 100 millimeters squared. It, I mean, it's tiny, you know. Yeah. Like, we're talking about something that's comparable to, like, a GT1030 in die size. And I think they just thought, well, yeah, this is always going to have Rembrandt. Rembrandt has an encoder. And then when you're gaming, you'll power this thing up, and it'll use 25 watts in a laptop. And then the shortages happen. Nothing was in stock, and they were like, "Hey, maybe if we overlock this, overclock this like MX two fifty competitor to the moon, maybe we can sell something at two hundred dollars." And you know, I'll get into what I think they should have done in a second, but that's what they did. But I have an honest question for you: How many people do you think actually use the encoder? Because sometimes I worry with tech tuber reactions to things mm-hmm. that we're looking at this from a creator perspective mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. when most people might not. Hair. And I don't know, like, I don't pay attention, you know, yeah. to how often I would use that encoder, really. I just know I have a 4090 and it works fine, you know? Yeah. Um, so the thing is, I mean, you know, th- that is a very good point because the main reason that I'm outraged about the encoder is that when I'm testing the graphics card, I can't just easily screen capture the, <laughs> the, the what the thing's doing. So that's why I have, like, a very strong personal connection to the encoder on the, on the GPU. Um, but the thing is, like, it's... I. There are so many like clips channels and stuff of people kind of capturing their gameplay and and posting it mm-hmm. on the internet. So I do think that even with a graphics card like the 6500 XT, which could be a lot more popular in other regions, mm-hmm. if you can only afford one of those GPUs and you still want to be able to capture your footage, you, you can't. Um, but y- you're right. I, I don't know how how because Radeon is capture wasn't there i i tested one and i noticed yes yeah. you can't use uh radeon relief because yes. it, yeah. it can't <laughs> Ex- exactly yeah and it, it it angers me so much but it's it's a personal anger more than a so i mean i i think people should probably comment down below if that's something that you'd miss to get like a bigger idea of how other people feel about it um we you know i think when it comes to the 6500 xt the thing is, I see what AMD was trying to do. At the time, VRAM was like $20 a gigabyte. So going to 8 gigabytes would have made this yeah. a $300 card, which would have probably made people hate it more. Yeah. Um, and at, at the time, they couldn't make enough of anything. And this mm-hmm. had a small die size. So I think they thought, oh, man, if we really... Oh, I think it was originally going to be like just the 6400, but they thought mm-hmm. if we overclock it, give it a six pin, maybe it can just barely hit 580 performance and we can supply this for 200 bucks when the 3050 was selling for $400 at the time. Yeah. But 
at the end of the day, I just think there's no way around it. It should have just been a 75 watt card that was called the 6400 for like a little yeah. cheaper so that they avoided people comparing it to the 5500 mm. XT. Uh, that's what yeah. I honestly think is the fact that they even invited a comparison probably tells you they made a mistake out of the get go. Um, you know, let me ask you this though about it. Launch for 200, it stayed pretty close to MSRP. And now, well, I think Asus almost was giving it away for free. Um, at what price point do you think all of these drawbacks are forgiven? It only has two display outs. It um, only can really game well in 1080p, to be honest, because of four gigabytes of RAM. Can't use Relive. All right, $200, you didn't like it. What about 150 What about 100 At what price would you go? Well, it's making sacrifices, but at least it's dirt cheap. Yeah, that's... I, I think it it depends a lot on extenuating market circumstances. So like at the moment, the used market is is mm. like impossible for this stuff to compete with because there's just so many great options for very cheap on the used market. But it depends on where you live. So I I, I don't know. I think I'm going to give a very politician-y answer about it and say that I think the 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 attractiveness of the pricing depends on where it's being sold. Um, but in the United States. I it, mm. it feels like a pretty pointless product, to be honest. I think I agree. I'm looking at eBay. I didn't realize this, by the way. I'm looking now for the first time at this tier of card. A used 1070, which granted, this thing could be six years old and on its mm. last legs, but yeah. it's like 130. Yeah. That that's like 20% stronger for display outs. I have to agree that I think I, I made the argument at the time, and I could still make it now that back then. It made sense since you, your alternative was like a four hundred dollars sixteen fifty. But I gotta admit, if there's no shortages, this card's pointless. <laughs> four hundred dollars sixteen fifty—that's so crazy. Uh, exactly, and yeah. so that's why I didn't hate it because I was yeah. like, "Well, it could be worse. At least someone's trying to launch anything for a price that's yeah. not insane." Yeah, and if your PC exploded, at least you have a stopgap kind of thing. Yeah. Which that happened to a friend. His four eighty oh, okay. broke. And then he got a 6500 XT, and it was either that or he get like a one thousand dollars 6700 XT. Uh, and he's and the, the funny thing is, is he got the 6500 XT, and I was like, if you get that, give it a few months. He gave it a few months, he could get everything at MSRP again. And so you know that's what that card was for. But yeah, it looks pretty pointless now if you can get a used 1070 for 130. No, definitely. All right. Well, let me move on to another story here, which I guess we'll just jump into this whole whole can of worms. Um, Intel Alchemist. So I looked back at my videos from then, and yeah, let's actually start from your perspective. What were your expectations for Alchemist to your best memory in the end of 2021, before I think it was even called Alchemist, to my understanding? And Early in the year, what were you hoping? And and it and I don't know if you're still optimistic, but at what if you aren't, at what point did you lose all hope? Like what were you hoping for last year? And when did it become clear to you this thing wasn't coming out on time and was gonna miss performance? I mean, th- I was I was very much just please let there be a graphics card. That was basically the <laughs> that was the extent of my expectation around it. Like it it anything that was available would have been good. That because it was, you know, that was in the dark depths of the of the the scalpocalypse. So it it was my expectations were quite low for it. And um 
Yeah, I I don't know. It was it was pretty early in the year that it started becoming clear that it it kind of like, there there were rumors that it was just going to be canceled completely. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's actually one of the things that we were we were talking uh, we we've listed for later. But mm-hmm. that was really disappointing because I was I was excited to see what was going to happen there. And um, in terms of lost hope now, I. I've actually lived with an ARC GP. That's right. I saw so, some of those thumbnails. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've uh, on on Wednesday, I'm I'm launching my video of my month long experience with the A A770, mm-hmm. and I am actually much more hopeful now about the Intel GPUs than I've been uh, at any point because it's a. I think the hardware is really good, and the the kind of driver situation around it is getting better very quickly like i just a couple days ago they launched a driver that almost doubled like a lot of older game performance and stuff so they're they're very much working on on making that gpu viable so i'm I'm pretty hopeful about those gpus um as of today about this thing (laughs) yes yeah yeah is that the 770 or the yeah i got the limited edition i will say the build even though gamers nexus hates how they designed it i have to say it feels good it does yeah it's it's nice matte rubber and it um it it looks it looks nice as well temperatures are fine it's not particularly noisy and um it looks like a nightmare to open though it's one of the few graphics cards i haven't opened because i i just it just looked like such a pain Um, well so that was a card I just haven't had time to get to testing this year. I'll probably test it in January. And I don't really mind because, frankly, the card didn't even work when it came out. So I might as well test it after launch and yeah. see if now it works. Yeah. Um, but what would you compare it to in performance then now? Because they tried to act like it was, I mean, a lot of different things. And it, on average, kind of lost to a 6,600. I mean, what, what do you find it's performing like now on average? Well, so for the for for the the kind of like month long test, I didn't actually compare it to any. I, I just I had a thirty eighty in my home gaming system, which I took out and then dropped it in, mm-hmm. um, which is a very unfair comparison. But in terms of subjective gaming, like it, it, it was fine. Uh, although I think in I, I I yeah I haven't actually done particularly comparative benchmarks with other similarly priced GPUs with the current drivers yet. Uh, because I think that should be quite interesting. Uh, Random Gaming in HD did a lot of testing on that, so I'd go check out that video to to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this though: <sighs> is it is, is it just that you're coming from zero expectations? Because I I have to play devil's advocate against Arc actually. And remember, I'm the person who was like super excited for it all 2021, like. Anything less, I think, than like a 3070 competitor, it has a die size, the same size as a 4070, a 3070 Ti, actually. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's the same die size, and it's six nanometer instead of eight nanometer. It's so, I yeah, don't. That's true. Uh, into as, and it actually came out in their earnings. They're losing money on these cards when they sell them. So this is not sustainable. So I, yeah. I don't know. From my perspective, being able to turn on isn't a lot. <laughs> I yeah. demand more from NVIDIA and AMD. And I, I'm just worried I would be an Intel fanboy if I didn't tell Intel, mm. you got to play with the big boys here. You're a bigger company. Like, what's going on? And yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I guess what you would say is it's working now, though, right? Even though you're not sure what it compares to. 
it, it, it's it's a functional GPU, which um, I, I kind of think, I mean, I, I completely agree with you about that whole thing of like give, being easy on them because they're new in this specific space is isn't isn't necessarily fair, you know. Um, but I will say that the I, I think they took an interesting approach with it because they were. I mean, that's the whole thing about the Alchemist leak was there was going to be like an A seven eighty, right? There was going to be mm-hmm. an even higher that they end canceled. One. Yeah, and I and I've double checked that people are like. Sure, they wanted to launch an A seven eighty. You know, okay. they just haven't. You know, and and I actually think that that's it was quite smart of them to do that because having kind of lots of driver issues with a cheaper graphics card is really bad. But having lots of driver issues with a more expensive product is even worse. Mm-hmm. And I think that these, like the A seven seventy and this current generation of GPU, is them trying to it's almost like beta testing right like you, mm-hmm. you you're getting a driver ecosystem working just on internal testing I, I don't know anything about how this works but i can imagine it's quite difficult like you need like real world use case to see kind of what happens when david does something stupid with it and then how are the drivers going to react to that um so yeah I, I think that that's why it's kind of it that's why as looking at it i feel like more sympathetic towards it because i feel like it's 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 like their first try like they're a little baby learning to crawl like don't kick them in the face just yet you know like it's but i guess that is biased um yeah but yeah but here's my problem though it's like is it their first try it's called dg2 this Mm. is their they have which actually no no that's true that's that's a good point yeah this was called DG1. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this did exist. They had this with developers for over a year to get the drivers working. This is actually, this was supposed to be the beta test. <laughs> that's that's a very good point. That's supposed to be the cheaper beta test is that one. Yeah, no, that's very true. So who, do, do these companies outsource their driver making or how does how does that work? Like, For which one? <laughs> Is is there like an industry trend around how it works, or does like do, do they each have a different approach to it? So I think the answer I would give for like Nvidia and AMD is they've been doing this for so long that they have like thousands of test computers in okay. a lab with people testing these things. Okay. Like AMD actually just put out a slide about it at some point recently where they talked about how now they have more test computers than NVIDIA. So okay. not really sure what they did with them before the RDNA 3 <laughs> launch, but apparently they have them. Yeah. Um, and then Intel, I assume, is doing the same thing. I mean, look, they hired Raj Kadori. He used mm. to work at Radeon. I would suggest he's probably going to be doing similar things at yeah. Intel that he did at AMD. Um, and, you know, but in the, with DG1, with that was supposed to be the beta card. I know they gave that to tons of game developers so they could start programming their games for it and learn from them directly. So okay. I know that's what Intel did because they had to. Yes, but yeah, when yeah. I think about like my talks with devs, I don't think like, yeah, I don't think like Dice had Lovelace early. Yes. You know, okay, okay. like there were some Nintendo devs that I believe already actually might have the Switch 2 uh, uh, dev kits okay but that's usually consoles it's it, it, i don't think these companies besides intel give their graphics cards to like devs early i think oh, okay. they just have large rooms with tons of computers running games crash happens log crash they walk over and try to figure it out and then update the driver i think that's how it works 
Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I, I guess, I, I guess you're right. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole being nice to it is, 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 is unfair because it does, it needs to compete in a market. And if it's not, if, if it's not been harsh, if, if like, you know, the, the market around it isn't harsh on it, like it's, it's just not going to succeed as a product. So do better Intel. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Like, well, let me jump ahead to like the whole alchemist launching q4 if arcs eventually going to be canceled discussion too yes. since i mean we're, let's just lead right into it okay um like i'm trying like so so my understanding um is that intel doesn't have any new dies launching next year that what that we have now is what they have and in fact i've had it suggested they're not even producing more cards that they made like four million cards at the beginning of the year Actually, we know they have. Gamers Nexus took apart their card, and it said the the manufacture date that I leaked. So they made okay. four million cards in February. Okay. They sat in a warehouse somewhere, and then they finally sold them in November when they thought the drivers were even half working. And because they're being sold at cost, they're not making more because th this mm -hmm. is a they, they Intel's financials aren't good. They can't sell things yeah. that don't make money. And my understanding with Battle Mages, and again, who knows? Maybe they'll start working on something else but they have three or four dies and they've canceled them there's only one left that's a mid-range to low-end die and it's coming out in over a year so i don't know my outlook as you're probably aware on arc is pretty bleak because yeah. i don't think they have any cards i think all next year is it's going to be like where's arc <laughs> yeah. and then in 2020 what would it be 2024 they've got like one low-end card okay so i don't know i my opinion the best we should hope for is they keep making like 30, 50 competitors every year so they can fix their drivers over three <laughs> years. Because I think what we've seen is it's going to take several generations before mm. they can even try to compete in the mid range. And I mean, that's actually, th th that's quite a problem with actually having the A770 and 750 then, because if they are kind of giving up on the GPU space, like how long are they actually going to... I mean, okay, so it, is that what's happening? Are they, like, giving up on it? Or do you think they're, they're not going to cancel the graphics division? They're not going to stop making some data center products. And I know that at least one Battle Mage and at least two Celestial dies are still in development. Okay. But that's all I can... That's all I know. And it's not encouraging what I'm hearing about battle mage progress. There's tons of bugs and issues. It's hard for me to overread into that though, because it's yeah. over a year from launch. So it's like, there's always bugs over a year from launch, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, my, <sighs> it's hard for me to say because it's like, if they cancel it, it's not because they want to, mm -hmm. I think it's because they run out of money. Yeah. You know, that that's what I'm saying. It's like, and I don't know what they're, I don't think they're going to have anything for a year. So if you call that canceled, I, I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> like if they pop up in three years from now and have a new GPU, I'm like, well, it feels like you're just rebooting your division. It doesn't really feel like you had anything for a few years. So yeah. that's what I expect to happen, um, especially with how there's nothing on the horizon next year and their financials just are pretty bad. They can't afford to sell things that don't make money right now. I mean, they just killed Optane. Yeah, I mean, that that doesn't bode well for the driver development either, because if they don't have money to support the product, I, like, if they're just not going to support the existing products as well, which 
really need work you know like the drivers mm -hmm. do need to keep like that, that's one of the the it, it, it there's like a big promise element of like is the is the driver ecosystem going to continually get better and if they're just kind of not doing any graphics card things that that, that, that may not happen um, well that's, that's, i believe meteor lake uses a tile that is the same graphics architecture as Alchemist. Okay. So I would argue they have to keep improving Alchemist for Meteor Lake, right? Okay. And I would okay. argue next year development will continue because they've gotten these 4 million beta test cards out there. Mm. But you can just put things in perspective for people listening. I think NVIDIA uh, sells like 10 to 20 million cards a quarter. And AMD oh, wow. sells like 5 to 10 million. So 4 million sounds like a lot, but they sold... They they made enough cards for two years that Nvidia sells in a month, so it's actually not a lot of cards. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, but it's enough for a huge test. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's how I think about it. Is, I mean, I think there there's no way they're going to kill their graphics division. They need graphics for professional mm. for their tiles on APUs, their but, iGPUs, yeah, in in just their desktop iGPUs as well. And, and they just rebuilt the whole driver for Alchemist. So if they were to throw this out, what a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But what I would say is, I think I just kind of see it as a beta program for the next two years, at mm -hmm. least still. And take with that what you will if you buy Alchemist, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. does that mean they're going to drop all support? Probably not, but I've seen people point out on Twitter that Intel's had less driver releases since Alchemist's release than either AMD or NVIDIA. So they're still not even releasing drivers as often mm. as the other people, and they certainly need it more. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Yeah. So it would be a recommendation, though, to people? Because like, here's the funny thing. Uh, from what I've heard from like just talking to random people like micro centers or something... They're like, we've gotten less Alchemist cards than like 4080s in a week or something, but yet they're still on shelves. Like they yeah. can't get rid of them. I think it's conceivable these things may be liquidated at like $300, $250 soon. Would you advise someone get an A770 for like $250 over either a 6650 XT for $250? <sighs> Or a 3050 for 250, because NVIDIA's prices are still pretty whack. Yeah, 30, I, I, I probably, like, the, the 3050 is a bit of a, I, I, I think that that's definitely, but uh, it's the whole driver thing. Like, it, you know, that, that the whole finding out that they, it, it, it's, it, it may just be dead in the water, is makes it very difficult to, to actually recommend to anybody getting one. Because people, you know, some people spend years with a graphics card, and if... You most people spend years with a graphics card, mm -hmm. and if the driver ecosystem that doesn't work now doesn't keep getting updated, like you're gonna be stuck with a pretty annoying thing to, <laughs> to live with the whole time. So I, and then there's also the used market to take into account, like right. So there's used cards for two fifty that are crazy right th now. Th that are really good. Yeah. So I, I think it's a very hard sell. And I mean, when we were busy talking about that, I did go and look on mm -hmm. e even in Canada there is Intel Arc GPU stock, which which says quite a lot about it. <laughs> the, the the stuff not not really selling. It, it's interesting because I, I do, you know, in, in the comment section of, of Intel videos that I've uh, of, of my Intel videos, I've noticed that there is quite a duality about how people respond to them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's some people that are 
really, you know, kind of sympathetic of it and understand that we need GPU competitors because there's, you know, it's the, it, it's just not a competitive competitive enough space. And then there's people of like, if I'm spending money on a product, it it works. Like it has to work, which I very much fall into that camp. Like I don't want to buy a graphics card I'm going to live with for five years. When my it's... 3090 was stolen, I had a 3050 delivered because it was one that was in stock for $300 a few months ago, which was okay. surprising. And it could be delivered same day by Amazon. So I'm like, well, I'll probably only use this a month and then sell it off or something. Ended up uh, for a week is what I thought. And then ended up using it for two months. Um, but why did I pick that? Even though I had an A770 on the way, because I knew it would work, mm. <laughs> I could use yeah. it to render my videos, you yeah. know, and that was worth any bad price performance relative to an art card. Mm, definitely, um, and that's the thing. Like the month long test I've been doing with my A770 has not been in my work system <laughs> because mm -hmm. it, it, I, I wouldn't want to use it there. I'm scared to put it in my work system yeah. because I've heard people say it's bricked windows. Oh, okay. I that that's that's that is scary. Yeah, it's probably very rare, but yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, two months ago, I put an A380. Uh, I was like on A770 launch day. So I was using the same drivers as the A770 at launch, and it couldn't boot up half my games. It sounds like it's improved since that, mm, based on what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. My my gaming experience, the only game I had a problem with was Stalker Gamma, but it's Stalker oh. Gamma. Like, <laughs> it, like, obviously, there are problems with it. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the A770's fault. Everything else ran surprisingly well. Uh, and that was even on a 34-inch ultrawide, so 3440 by 1440p. Mm -hmm. it, it handled a lot of games pretty well at that resolution. Um, so I was surprised at how little I thought about it being in my system for the month. Well, you know, I'll tell you this. I, I, I'm sure your averages are higher than if you would have tested it on launch day. And I was told by somebody that a lot of the launch day performance was bad because they literally had a frame rate limiter activated on half of the games at launch because if they didn't limit the frame rate it crashed oh. and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we saw what looked like cpu bottlenecking half the time oh, it's because they were literally driver <laughs> limiting frame rate and certain types of engines or something yeah <laughs> well so let me ask you this i have my own answer to this question um but i want to know yours before i go what would it take then it seems like you're tepid to you know recommend mm. it to someone because it's not you you're mm, recommending it yeah, to someone yeah. else. So you care way more if it works. Mm, mm. What would Intel have to do to give you confidence that, you know what, nothing's we're at we're full steam ahead, uh, you know, dog smiling with fire around them. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Like, how would you, I like, mean, what would they have to do? If we, if we get like, I, cause with drivers, it is really difficult to, to know what, what, how much they are behind supporting it. But I think like an actual GPU roadmap of like what they're going to do in the future or what they're planning on doing in the future with it would help because then you'd know how serious they are about the, uh, just about the whole division, you know, mm -hmm. like a um, new honest one, because Raja keeps pointing to a roadmap on Twitter okay. that says they were going to compete with enthusiast graphics this year, yeah. <laughs> which I don't think so. Yeah. And actually, I just noticed this recently. He says they're going to beat ultra enthusiast graphics next year. OK, it, this roadmap's from over a year ago, and he keeps pointing to it. And I'm like, 
I don't think you're going to beat the 4090 next year, Raja. When are you going to update that roadmap? But so you're saying if they had a, a, a more honest roadmap where they're like, hey, we're not competing in the high end, but this is what's coming out next year and we're not going anywhere. Okay, honestly, my 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 when actually interacting with whether or not somebody else should buy the GPU, I think it's a thing of like, you need to understand the implications of this GPU maybe. Like, it, it's that thing of like, you need to understand the risks involved of like this kind of driver ecosystem and how like it may or may not work and then decide if that's something that you want to live with. Uh, so it's not something that you would just blindly recommend to someone, even if there is a roadmap, even if there is, you know, like it, it it's something that only people who really know what they're getting themselves into should get to themselves <laughs> into if that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so I, I, do, I don't think I, if, the most straightforward answer to that is I wouldn't recommend it to someone. You have to decide for yourself if you think it's not like AMD or NVIDIA. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's going to work. Yeah. It's its own thing. Um, yeah. My answer to the question was, and I, and there's going to be some people that think I'm being overly critical, but, uh, nothing, there's nothing that could, they could say that would make me feel better because they said arc was going to launch in quarter one and it launched on the same day as the 4090. <laughs> yeah. So what it would take for me to have faith in Alc- and Arc again, launch, Ac- Battle Mage has to be out because mm-hmm. I don't believe anything they say until it's out and in my hands at this point with how many delays this uh, last gen saw. But I guess let's start transitioning into a subject that turned out Actually, well, let's start moving into some of the uh, Lovelace uh, information here. So there's a few ways we could go about this. And I have links in the description for like one of my early leaks of it. Then also videos like kind of referencing those insane rumors at the beginning of this year about Lovelace's power usage. I just want to ask from your perspective, like what's your memory of like early Lovelace rumors in 2022? It's very fancy that you can change your lights. I'm a bit jealous. Mine's just one color. I don't. <laughs> I don't have the option. It didn't even that. occur to me right away. I was like, "Oh wait, I could." Like I put these things up uh, early last year or something, and I didn't even really think about it until the end of last year. Like, oh, I don't need to just do like one thing for a video. I could literally be changing these while I talk. Yeah. So when people skip through the YouTube video, oh, he's talking about AMD now. But, yeah. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> But we're I not. Think, we're talking about NVIDIA. Yeah, I think we should go back to Intel so that mine's relevant again. I, I think that'll <laughs> that'll make me more comfortable. No, so I my memory was just that the the was I I thought that maybe it would be like that, like we would get eight hundred plus watt power draw cards just because of the progression of the last couple of years of TDP. But I'm I'm glad it it didn't turn out to be correct because mm-hmm. that's insane. Well, if you look at the RTX 4090, they have a BIOS option for 600 watts. And if you look at the, I mean, look, like the, I think the early rumors, I put them into several camps. There were people that were like, the 4090 is going to use 1,000 watts, the 4080 is going to use 500 watts. And I was like, no, you'll trip breakers. This is ridiculous just because they're testing that. But there were rumors that the 4090 might go over 500 and the 4080 may go over 400. And when I look at this 4080 here, this doesn't look like this was supposed to be a 300 watt card. Yeah, <laughs> This yeah. looks like to me, NVIDIA was going to make it a 400 watt card and they decided not to last minute. Otherwise, 
why would they waste an extra $100 on this insanely expensive cooler? So what I would say is, I think they almost did. And then if you look at like overclocking results, you can see the 4090, and I have one, it never needs to use 450 watts. Like I actually pushed it with its uh, MSI Supreme BIOS that you can have a little switch you can switch to that can go over 550 watts. And even maxed out in games, it typically is using 460. Like they, I can't push it to 550 watts unless I used Furmark, which I'm not going to. Yeah. So yeah. I think Nvidia realized last minute that they would add one percent performance if it used 600 watts, and that's just stupid. But then they already, well, they already ordered all these coolers. So, yeah. so <laughs> um, how much how much money do they save on not having to make additional tooling for a smaller cooler? Well, that's Com- the funny thing as well, right? So I, I leaked that 4070 cooler which is like a two-slot, it's like a more compact 3080 cooler. Oh, okay. uh, but the fan's actually bigger than the 3080. Uh, so it probably cools about as well as the 3080s, so if not a little better, will be in a little smaller. It's it's really cool looking. I, I hope they uh, show it off next month, but I don't know if they're not going to for the 4070 TR, if they'll save it for the 4070, I don't know. Um, but how much more does that cost? I mean, I did that in NVIDIA's Ultimate Play Leak years ago, and Gamers Nexus has also done similar research. I mean, I think like I think like a cooler like this, like your your typical. I'm holding it up to the camera. Two fan, like the stuff we used for like ten years until recently. Yeah, <laughs> these types of dual fan coolers, if they're cheaply made, they're about forty bucks. If they're nice, they're about you know sixty seventy bucks. I think that what's probably on RDNA three, which is above the norm from previous gens, I think those are probably about one hundred dollar coolers, maybe eighty dollar coolers. And then I think the coolers that were on like the 3080 and especially the 3090 got to be like $150 eventually. So I'm just kind of doing the math in my head out and speaking out loud. I think that 4080 cooler was like 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and if you hold it, it feels nice. So yeah. I think if they would have used like a 4070 cooler, they could have saved 50 to $100. Yeah. Can we can we get like a normal cooler version and have it to be a reasonable price? Is that <laughs> why isn't that an option? I don't understand. I don't know about you guys, but over the holiday season, I tend to eat extra calories and Jessie here is no different. She's probably about to go eat that bone right now. But you know, Jessie's a growing girl. She needs as many calories as she can get and she's also a dog. She doesn't really think about if any of those calories are healthy, unlike probably most of you humans watching who are about to go back to work after the holiday season and want something easy to make that hopefully will help you get off some of that holiday weight. If that's you, consider getting Vite Ramen. Vite Ramen is a sponsor of this piece of content, and Vite Ramen is an American company that crafted a protein and nutrient-rich meal that takes minutes to make without sacrificing taste. You can use their classic packages that make it easy to add protein and ingredients of your choice, or the new Ramen Go packages that let you microwave something quickly if you really only do have a 15-minute lunch break. And you know, Vite Ramen has been an excellent sponsor of Moore's Law is Dead for over a year. They've been good to us. So if you're looking for something like this, be good to them. Click on the link in the description and use the special New Year's Eve holiday code Moore's Law to get 10% off any order and a free package of ramen additionally while supplies last. Go to the link in the description, use the offer code Moore's Law, and buy Vite Ramen today. You know, <laughs> I guess let's get into this too. Like, let's just continue with the Lovelace conversation. Um, I, I think that NVIDIA just wanted to 
Well, what do you think about it? Like, let me dominate the conversation too. Like, well, this is a look back at 2022. What did you think about the 4090, 4080, and 4080 12 gigabyte announcement that happened in uh, whatever it was, October or something? Like, what were your thoughts when you saw the those prices? It was, the thing is, it was partially expected because of how the market's been going lately. Um, it was very disappointing though. I, I think it was, so... I, I kind of shared the main sentiment with like, I think a lot of the community about how everyone was really outraged about the 12 gig because it is just such a scumbag move to have like multiple versions of the same GPU and then call it, uh, well, multiple versions and then call it the same name. Um, but like the pricing was just so, so sad. Like $1,200 for a, for a, for an 80 card feels really wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, when uh, I remember, I was told before the event the pricing at a minimum for the forty ninety would be sixteen hundred, and they're considering up to twenty five hundred. And so, I the, the, my reaction watching Jensen announce it live was he goes the RTX forty ninety sixteen hundred dollars, and I was like okay, and then they went <laughs> RTX forty, and I, and I just started like you know writing down notes for my video I was planning to do. I was like all right, so that's pretty, and while I was saying to myself that's pretty good. Mid sentence, he goes forty eighty twelve hundred. I dropped my notepad and pencil and started laughing out loud. Yeah. And I'm by myself. There's no. I'm not laughing for anybody here. I was just like, I was like, ha, ha, ha. and then they went RTX forty eighty twelve gigabyte nine hundred, and I went ah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Jensen, you 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 did it again. Yeah, and then it's like, and it's not even just a twelve gig version of it. We're also just taking a machete to the core as well. So it's a different die. Yeah, it's literally a different die. Yeah, it's it's madness. I don't know. Um. Yeah, my, my butt back there was going to be that, like, I, I guess the 4090 was kind of reasonable, but I th that kind of feels like the tactic, right? You make the 4080 seem ridiculous so that, oh, well, I guess I'll just spend a little more and get the super expensive one. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. Like, they... I think my favorite thing about the whole launch, though, was just that, like a bunch of scalpers bought them. And then they just couldn't sell the 4080, even oh, even God, right? even at MSRP. They could, so they're just stuck with them. Oh, that was that was amazing. That's like my favorite thing that happened all year. To be honest, was that? I mean, that if was, that didn't happen, I would because I think uh, I, I can't speak for you, but I'm assuming you probably feel similarly that like we just expect overpriced cards to get bad reviews and people buy them anyways, mm. right? But it didn't happen with the 4080. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god. People good, actually yeah. said no. <laughs> yeah, good job, good job. But I, I, I think it's, it's, it's because the minor element is gone. Like I think you know because, uh, like a miner and a gamer, they, they have a different idea around a graphics card. Like gaming is a luxury, right? Like you, you, you use it to unwind after work. But mining is like an income generating thing. Mm -hmm. So like for a miner. Yeah, paying a very high price for a badly reviewed card is fine because it's going to make you money. Whereas mm -hmm. for a gamer... Or if like, you're like a renderer or a professional. It, it, but if you're exactly. a professional, yeah. you probably want the 4090 because it has 60% more CUDA cores. Yeah, no, but it, exactly. Like for those people, it, it's a completely different mentality around it. But like, I'm, I'm glad that gamers have finally gone like, look, this this is for us now and stop doing this, please. Like $1,200 for an 80 card. It's just crazy.
Well, yeah, and if you look at what happened this generation, I mean, they did it in my testing. And the 3090 I tested before it was stolen was actually a blower 3090. Okay. Um, and uh, so a little below stock performance, I'd say. But I found my 4090, even capped at 350 watts, was 80% better than the 3090. And if I overclocked it, which I did, and it does get hot. It doesn't get hot. The room gets warm. Actually, yeah. it stayed really cold. Um I got over double the performance of a 3090 on average. There were games where it was like 120% better. So if you think about that, NVIDIA's doubled the performance mm. of the 90 class and the price is effectively the same. The same, yeah. And so it's like, okay. And then they said the 80, we're going to increase performance by 40% and we're going to make it cost 40 to 50% more. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and I think that's why it's not selling, yeah. you know, I really think when it comes to gamers, what we've learned is they can price a flagship above a thousand, maybe even above two thousand occasionally. Uh, they did with the Titan RTX mm -hmm. and Volta, but what they can't do is move the high end above a thousand because it's mm -hmm. just not people just don't want it. I, it yeah. seems like they won't even want it if it's nine hundred. Seems like once you get above eight hundred dollars, people just say no. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 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 glad that's happened because it it is just such a. Yeah, like constantly moving the goalpost like that really sucks. Well, um, let me let's move on to another card that isn't. Well, look, I think it, I'm told it's outselling the 4080 by a decent amount, but it's not selling out. I don't think it's as selling as well as AMD wanted it to. I'm talking not about the XTX, but I'm talking about the 7900 XT. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think about the 7900 XT? What do you think about the XTX? And you know, actually, before I even say that. What were your expectations for RDNA 3? Because they showed slides saying it was 50 to 80% better. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, th those presentations are always wrong, though. Like, I, I, I feel like it's kind of standard for... I, I'm not saying it's right or correct or fine, but I, I just feel like... But, but are they? Because they were dead on for RDNA 2. And oh, with Zen 4, remember, they said greater than 15% performance, and it ended up being like 30%. So every AMD presentation before now was accurate. Oh, okay. No, then then that is very outrageous. Yes. <laughs> so like my, you know, I, I, whenever I watch these these presentations about any any new product, I always think just like, you know, none of this means anything. But I guess that's just kind of, yeah, that, uh, yes. But considering that they have been very accurate, before that that is they should have kept doing it because it just erodes consumer trust with that kind of thing um but in terms of the 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 xtx you know like it's like bo both the yeah the xtx seems more appealing than the xt mm -hmm. just because of like its its performance relative to to like the nvidia gpus but i don't know like they're both still quite expensive cards like well, yeah, and the XT is 25% cheaper than the 4080 while being 25% weaker. So mm -hmm. I don't actually think the XT is that. It gives you more RAM. It's not too big to fit mm -hmm. in your case, but I can, I honestly think the XT is only slightly less dumb than the 4080. Yeah. I mean, do we, is, so is there any kind of price drop on the horizon for 4080s or are they, is it just going to stay 1,200 forever? <laughs> I mean... I think there's no prayer that they're dropping the price like next week, you know. It, mm -hmm. First of all, it's the holiday season. Um, and, you know, they didn't actually ship that many cards. 
And I think they're learning that, oh, this might actually work as an upsell to the 4090. Like, mm-hmm. they've made so many 4080s already, so eventually they're going to have to sell them. But let's say they've made 200,000 4090s and 50,000 4080s. Well, the new dies they've ordered to be you know, manufactured into cards from TSMC, I think they can switch over capacity. So they could say, you know what? We're not making 4080s anymore. They'll be hard to find. No one really wants it. And the 4090, we're just going to make twice as many as those. I think there's a chance they may just do that, you know? And I, I just, I, you tell me, can you see NVIDIA dropping the price on anything a month after launch? <laughs> yeah, because it's like ad- admitting that you, but I mean, to be fair, they did they did back off on the 12 gig thing, uh, at least just the naming structure around it. So, you know, maybe maybe there is... <laughs> Maybe the the business monsters behind NVIDIA actually kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Well, I think we're going to learn that soon. I think what we're soon going to learn is if NVIDIA thinks they can get away with something or not. Because from what I've heard, the despite what some people are saying, the pricing has not been decided on the 4070 Ti. That comes out January 5th. Okay. It seems like it may literally be the same specs as the 4080 12 gigabyte. Yeah. And... I mean, if they launch it for nine hundred dollars and all they changed was the, the name, name, yeah, no, that's. I think they're gonna get rock bottom reviews personally. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I think it's if it's the same GPU, it's fine. They just need to price it properly, and I, I think that they, they have this this nine hundred dollars spot now that they seem adamant to to have a GPU in, and with the, I mean, what is the the MSRP of the seventy nine hundred XT? It's is, 900, yeah. It's 900, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that slot if they if they put the like 40s, if they, yeah, I don't know. Well, but and I, let me just fact check this here before I say it, but I believe the 7900 XT is still in stock on Newegg at MSRP. Um, let me see. And I heard it was selling okay day one, but o- the sales are really dropping off. Yeah, it's 900 bucks on new. Again, I could order one right now. Uh, I just don't want to reference one because I've actually seen benchmarks showing that these things might be crazy overclockers if you have three eight pins. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll test that. Yeah. I don't want the normal one for $900 <laughs> even for a video, I don't think. Yeah. No, so so th- I, just the reason I bring that up is because I, I think it'll be interesting to see them kind of duking out this price point because like you said this the the XT is essentially the same value as the 1200-4080 because mm-hmm. of like you know it's performance scaling so if they kind of if all of these prices just needs to drop basically is the <laughs> is is the point like yeah i agree and here's how i put it on a recent podcast it's like to me i just feel like right now amd and nvidia are sitting there like this and they're like hopefully they give up and just buy the cards now that they're both overpriced and i feel like january is going to roll around we'll still be in a recession and gamers will be like yeah we're still not buying it guys (laughs) and then they're gonna have to that's what i've been discussing with some people behind the scenes like if product isn't moving it's losing money so it doesn't matter if they want to. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to do it in a month because they're NVIDIA. Yeah. But I think they have to drop the price if it doesn't sell. They have to. Or they have to stop making it. Yeah. You know, uh, and just pretend that it's still out there, but they're really not supplying any. Um, this is, I think we're going to learn in a few weeks. I mean, 
or I guess after this podcast comes out, because it's actually been saved for release later, I guess we will see everybody in a week and a half if (laughs) uh, NVIDIA's decided to correct things or not. Because if they launch the 4070 Ti, and it's just a name change to the Mm -hmm. 4080 12 gigabyte, for nine hundred dollars, yeah, that's. I think what we'll learn is, well, I guess Nvidia is going to try to get away with it a little longer. Yeah, but they really have an opening here, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like AMD, I think everyone was rooting for AMD. I've seen people yeah. argue people hate, you know, we're always going to hate RDNA three, and I'm like, I don't think so. I think people <laughs> wanted AMD to win this time. No, after definitely. seeing the forty eighty, after seeing the sixteen pin debacle, people wanted after EVGA. Just left NVIDIA. People were rooting for AMD this time more than ever. And I think they dropped the ball, at least initially. So if NVIDIA really wanted to turn the knife, I wonder if they would drop it for 700 bucks, though, because that's still, frankly, too much, I think. But if they undercut the 7900 XT by $200, I think that'll signal NVIDIA's willing to get a little dirty here. Um, and, And would you agree if they drop it for... I think it'll be 10% weaker than the 7900 XT, but remember, it has almost half the RAM. Yeah. Like, if it's $700, I think that's going to crush the 7900 XT in sales. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it it, it kind of depends on how it compares performance-wise to, like, the, the, the current generation of, like, the, well, I mean, the current generation, but, like, Ampere. And mm-hmm. um, because that stuff is is available for... Well, I mean, not really Ampere, but like RDNA 2, I guess, is the, the very good value at the moment. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're also having to compete with that stuff. And I don't know how much faster we're expecting the, the 12 gig, <laughs> the 4080 12 gig to be than the, the like a 3080, for example. I mean, ba- I mean, NVIDIA released benchmarks of the 4080 12 gigabyte. And I, I remain in my opinion that the best case scenario for the 4070 ti is that it literally performs like a 4080 12 gigabyte and they released benchmarks and it looked like it was about a 3080 ti okay so that would place it you know 15 10 to 20 percent weaker than a 7900 xt which would mean if that's equal to a 3090 ti i mean yeah look it's probably like 10 percent better than a 3080 for the same price as a 3080 if it's 700 dollars so it's depressing that that's what we're hoping for, I would agree. And then would it be easy for, I mean, again, they don't have the RDNA 3 GPUs, don't have the fancy cooler on it. So is it going to be easy for them to 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 just drop the price of the XT as well? Um. Well, yeah, so there's no way around it. Like the 7900 XT should be called the 800 XTX. Like this thing has a 300 millimeter squared five nanometer die and then like 220 millimeter squared somewhere around there of six nanometer silicon navi 21 that was used in the 6800 xt that had i think 520 of just seven nanometer so like half of it's five nanometer now but that doesn't actually increase the price that much i mean i think that they would have had the same profit margins as last gen if they launched it at 750 so they okay. definitely have room to drop the price. I think okay. they just wanted to get away with selling it for 900 because they saw what NVIDIA was doing mm-hmm. with the 4080. I mean, yeah. they, that probably is literally what AMD did. And price performance, it's aligned with the 4080. So they probably yeah. thought, well, if they can get away with that, we can get away with this. Turns out neither of them can get away with it. Yeah, yeah which again is good. I'm, I'm glad everyone's outraged about it because, yeah, like that kind of that kind of pricing is wild. Hopefully we're in for a pricing war, though. That would be That would be awesome. 
So, <laughs> you know, if, famous last words. I kind of think it's going to happen. I think what we're going to see is people always want the 4090. The 7900 XTX always sells okay. But everything below that is going to need a correction. And I think AMD and NVIDIA are going to be tepid to drop prices until, I don't know, February when stock really starts piling up and then they realize they're not buying it. We got to do something. And then there's going to have to be a first mover here. Could, could it be just like that they're, they're market gouging now and that the whole point that they're pricing everything so ridiculously is to make people buy the older GPUs? <laughs> like the stagnant well, stock Well, that's of definitely the, part of it. Yeah. You know, if you go to AMD.com, the 6950 XT is $800. So, yep, they are trying to avoid that. And actually, I've heard that the subsidies NVIDIA was providing to uh, distributors to sell Ampere below MSRP is gone. And I actually saw a pricing sheet to, to the day that we're recording this to a retailer. And it kind of seems like Ampere is going to keep being at MSRP from now on, or at least NVIDIA is trying to get away with that still. They're going to try to keep the 3080 at 700 which I think tells you they're probably going to put the 4070 Ti at 800, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And they're going to try to keep... Dude, I, I saw I saw on a pricing sheet 3090s that they're still trying to sell for over 1000 So I guess that should answer your question. And that's the price to the retailer. So the retailer doesn't make any profit if they were to sell it at like $1,000. Yeah. So the moral of the story is buy a used graphics card because then, or then they don't too. get any money. <laughs> then they don't, then they don't get then 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 greed video and art like they don't get any money. That that's the the best part about it about buying the used one because then they have to drop prices and then you know good. I guess. Well, you know the funny <laughs> thing. I think actually the best performing video I had this year, I guess I haven't checked, but this one did really well, was you know hundreds of thousands of views, a video I did about the Ampere oversupply that I leaked. Mm. Hey, NVIDIA's got too many cards. Prices are going to crash. And this was actually when a couple of big YouTubers were saying, prices aren't going to crash. Buy now. And we saw what happened <laughs> yeah. there. I think this brings up an interesting way of framing the whole oversupply price crash discussion, which Swiggles writes in and he says, hey, Tom and David, would you guys have ever expected this year to go like this? We all thought that there was going to be some sort of crash eventually, but the beginning of this year started with some of the highest GPU prices we've ever seen. And by the end of the year, I got to use 3090 for $600. Yeah. Did you think it would start and end this way last year? Honestly, like I, I try and just go with the flow with this stuff. Like I, I don't, I, I, I'm not much of a speculator with this stuff, to be honest. Like I didn't make any videos about, you know, where I think stuff is going because it is all so all over the place. So I've kind of, <laughs> I've kind of given up on that, to be honest. Um, but I, I did not think you would be buying a used 3090 for $600 now. That is an amazing deal, Swiggles. That's, mm -hmm. <laughs> congrats on your card. That's awesome. Don't let anyone steal it. Yes. Don't Mine was stolen. How, <laughs> how was it stolen? What happened? <laughs> uh, you know, I was doing a collaboration. Um, I, ha I, I had to replace one of the fans and I wanted to upgrade the thermals and we wanted to see how, and, and this Silver Knight PCs, which I'll happy to plug them. Okay, they okay. wanted to get their hands on this MSI blower card. I don't know if you remember, this is the Fermi edition. There was a oh, okay. MSI 3090 that they never really sold in the US that looks like a GTX 480. Oh, no way. That's so cool. Like it's, it's called the MSI 3090 Arrow. And if you look it up, it looks like a Fermi reference card. It really does. Oh, someone I had stole that. that? Oh, I know. that and sucks. So, they were going to upgrade it and they wanted to get their hands on it because it was never sold in the US. I don't know. I think 
there was just a GPU shaped uh. box. It was it was a interesting color the box, but it's not like I had an exposed graphics card box that was in it. Covered it up with tape. So yeah. I don't oh, know. That's the worst. Someone so stole sorry. it and it happens. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Because it's even such a cool version of the card. Could I know. You... I thought it'd be a goofy card to keep around, right? Yeah. Could you cook with it? Was it? Ha- ha- did you interact with it much? Or? That's the interesting thing is it was better than Fermi's cooler because you look at it. That's just like a giant like copper coated heatsink or something. So it actually, no, it didn't get that. Oh, I tell you what, awesome. if you were gaming at 350 watts and you touch that, that's an exposed giant heatsink. It would be hot, but I don't think hot enough to cook. Obviously, if I were to run Furmark at 400 watts, I could probably get anything yeah. to cook something. That's but yeah. Fair, yeah. Oh, that's such a shame. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but th- but that's what happened to it. So, mm-hmm. and I got it for $800 in like July. And uh, so Swiggles watch it. But, yeah. but no, so you you didn't expect that though. You didn't expect the uh, no, uh, 3090s to be half their MSRP on eBay. No, no, that's wild. I guess what I'll say is, I am a bit surprised how cheap some of the SKUs are getting, mm. but I get to claim and point this out. I had Daniel Nenny, the founder of SemiWiki.com on about a year ago, and I said in that podcast, my estimate is prices will start going down early to mid-2022, and they will crash by the end of the year. So I'm on record of, I, yeah. I guess I did expect this, actually. Yeah. Um, I And it's hard for me to say if I think, I guess I'm... The high end has dropped about what I would have expected, but I never expected the 6600 to get to $200. The yeah. low end has gotten cheaper than yeah. I expected. It, and it's it's awesome. You can get such, like the AMD GPUs, even new. Like six, I bought a 6700 XT the other day for like not very much money new. And it's such a good card. Like it's so much power. And that's, that's not even in the used market. Um, Although I will it, say, I don't know what's going on in Vancouver. All the used graphics cards are still very expensive. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I talked to Tech Yes City about that, and he said the used market in Asia and the U.S. is awesome, but in Europe and Canada, it kind of sucks sometimes, mm-hmm. especially Europe, he said. And it's oh, just okay. half of it has to do, I think, with sales and import taxes on used cards. So oh. a lot of the cards that are sold used are mining cards. My 3090 was. It worked fine. Okay. Um, and if you can imagine, there's a lot of mining cards that go on sale around Taiwan and stuff. Yeah. And then what's across the Pacific Ocean? The U.S., which doesn't mm-hmm. have as high import taxes. To get mining cards to Europe, well, they're not going through Russia right now. Yeah. So they've got to like find a way all the way around and then pay like a 20, 30% import tax. And that's why the used market is just typically not as competitive because it's not as easy to bring in cards from Asia, whether they were used for mining or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why. Oh, you know, yeah. so that's a factor there. Um, you know, in terms of like good deals right now, uh, the RX 6700 10 gigabyte is around $300 new. And that is a mid-range card that I can't recommend enough if it stays mm. around, well, below the MSRP of what the 6600 used to be. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Those GPUs are so powerful already. Like, if you're, mm-hmm. e- if you're game, even if you have a high refresh rate 1440p monitor, like, a lot of what you're playing, like, those, those GPUs can really power the crap out of. So, yeah, you don't need to spend $1,600 on fancy, <laughs> fancy new stuff because... It's there's so much power in the last gen and it's all like there's so so many good deals going around. Well, you know, and I'll put down a timestamp for this as well. <clears throat> it just came out today, 
that the tariffs that were going to go into that are going to be active in uh, at least the United States starting January were last minute punted nine months. So this was one of those things where it's interesting, actually. AIVs told me that half of their components still weren't avoiding tariffs because even if you add a 20 percent tariff, they're like, well, our entire you know, assembly areas in China, it's going to be more expensive for us to try to move that to another country. Mm. Um, and so even though they weren't assembling some of the stuff in China, half of it had to be anyways. And so they think that 20 or 25% tariff would have like upped prices across the board by 10%, not 25, but like 10, 15%. And that was just pushed back last minute. So I think these prices then are going to continue to keep going down after the holiday season. I think we're seeing a small spike right now because it's it's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. But I I think things are going to keep getting better next year. And like we've been discussing, I think we both seem to think that they're going to have to lower the prices on some of these cards. Yeah. I I hope so, at least, because, yeah, (laughs) this stuff shouldn't be normalized. You know, (laughs) like it. Yeah. Well, you know, let me... um, Ask this question then, because I because I think this is something to think about. You brought up all of these cards are so powerful. You know, I tested this like 170 watt 6700. It was a really good overclocker. I could play Battlefield 2042 in 4K ultra settings, no DLSS or FSR, and I was getting 70 frames a second. So if I capped it at 60, it was locked. It did the same thing in 1440p 120. Like that's a 300 card that uses almost no energy compared to the flagships. And now they're trying to convince you to pay three times as much as that for like 70% more performance (laughs) at the top end. Yeah. I guess what I'm leading to is like RDNA 4 is going to bring more performance. Blackwell is going to bring more performance in a year. I don't know if anyone cares because we've hit it. We're doing great, right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, like it, it really is that thing where in subjective... Like subjectively, it's starting to become very difficult to tell the difference between, you know, cheaper graphics cards and a lot more expensive ones, even with really nice monitors. Um, so it's yeah, I think I think those very expensive GPUs are are a, are a, are a tough sell in my opinion. But then Portal RTX comes out and it just <laughs> railroads all graphics cards, and you know that that's a technology that. I think is really interesting that 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 kind of like modding really nice lighting into older mm-hmm. games is a great way to 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 make them interesting again and I I think that it's also a a good selling point for Nvidia and their 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 more expensive graphics cards because you know like Portal RTX brings a 3080 Ti to its knees at 1080p so like I have to jump in though. Did you see someone was looking at the code and it's not even programmed to utilize RDNA 2? So, and Ampere, in fact. So, yeah. they think if they were to optimize it, Ampere would perform significantly better, though. I do have yeah. to point that out that that doesn't really change your point, mm. but it could be running far better on oh. Ampere and RDNA 2 if they would put in any effort. Clearly, these are benchmarks yeah. that were just built for Lovelace only. Oh, for sure. And and that's and and that's the really unfortunate thing about it. Like if cuz it like with Nvidia, uh, with with AMD for example, with all of the these kinds of techs, they usually are very free wary about it. You know, like with FreeSync and FSR and stuff, it works on everything. You know, they mm-hmm. they they really want 
everybody to be able to use it. So it's always like, why didn't Nvidia have to be the ones that made this this like ray tracing tech for older games? Because they're not going to put FSR in it, and they're not going to put they're not going to optimize it because they're going to use it as an excuse to sell their higher end graphics cards, which is such a shame. But it is such a cool technology at the same time. It's so conflicting. Damn you, Nvidia! Like it's so annoying. Um, but then why doesn't yeah. AMD do it? Like, that's what annoys yeah. me so much, you know? It's like, and I actually got in an argument with someone who works at AMD the other day over it. <laughs> but, you know? Will they? Is it in the works at all? Or Well, what he said is it's like, well, don't say we don't do things. He he told me, you know, Mantle, True Audio, mm. like all these other things. And I'm like, yeah, where's Mantle now? Where's True Audio now? nothing happened to them man like like that's the point and the yeah. only thing i can think of that really panned out with them was like ifinity back in the day oh yeah i mean tress effects was way better than hairworks but they didn't push it into enough games i guess smart access memory is there but i think relatively speaking that doesn't require a ton of effort after you've introduced it so mm. i don't know i i think um I think AMD knows this. I think they know they've got to start making this better. And if you actually look at their compute performance with RDNA 3 and some reviews, they seem to have almost caught up to Lovelace in a lot of creator tasks. So they're aware about the features argument. I just think that all all I can say is I don't know. They're not there yet, man, but they're aware. But I mean, like, FreeSync is is everywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a... After G-Sync. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and I think it's it's FSR has also been promising in that they haven't just immediately given up on it. Like mm-hmm. for, for I agree, ex- that's one they're sticking with. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that is a very useful one. Like that technology is really awesome. And FSR one was <laughs> awful. It was really bad. It was it was in Cyberpunk and it's it's really terrible. But with one of the latest patches, they actually brought FSR 2 in, and it's way better. It is a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. And that's even, you know, in a game that already had older FSR, they actually updated it in and stuff. So, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully they're they're gonna get on track with this kind of stuff because it, yeah, it, it is all cool technology. Oh, we've got a dogu in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Jesse. <laughs> she pops up every now and then. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can say, I, I do want to kind of transition to one other thing about graphics cards okay. before we move on to kind of the more CPU-y stuff. Um, okay. I really do think, and I've had this discussion with a few people now, but like, and I just put out a video called, you know, about if AMD can fix RDNA 3. When you look at RDNA 3, it has 67% more bandwidth than the 6950 XT. It has 2.6 times the teraflops. I think there's no way around it. They intended this to perform way better than it did. I mean, there's some games where it's only like 5% better than a 6950 XT. I don't even know how that's possible unless like they're just running rdna2 code on an rdna3 compute unit um and so i guess actually a way to make this conversation maybe more interesting for you is like everyone i've asked that's like and in fact i've been told people at the radeon drivers team are working over the holidays now oh, okay. <laughs> like they really are not happy with this what would amd have to do in terms of a driver improvement for you to say, actually, the 7900 XT is okay to cost $900. Like right now, it's around a 3090 Ti in performance. It's 
25% behind the 4080. Like, what do you think they've got to do for this thing to make sense at that price point? Not have it be at that price point. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, the the whole pro- that whole price point of GPUs is not something that I necessarily agree with as a <laughs> as 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 a thing existing. Like I don't know, um, but I I think that if they look a- AMD does it with every GPU, like they they have a proven record of their fine whining. Uh, so or like you know as as it as it ages, the GPUs start getting better and better and better. Like it's pretty much every. Like, but it wasn't with RDNA one and two. RDNA two just worked, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But I, I, I think thought they, they were better by now. But I guess not. Not not all the time. Do, do they have they not gotten performance improvements since since their launch from drivers? I, well, they have, but so has Nvidia. If anything, Ampere's oh, gained performance relative oh, okay. to AMD, oh, and okay. even Vega, uh, which is a heavy focus of the video as a comparison to RDNA three, because RD- Vega was hyped up. Maybe mm. Vega was hyped up because AMD said it would be a 1080 Ti competitor. Yeah. I don't know, AMD. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> why know? do that? Yeah, you know, and it did improve performance, but it only improved relative to Pascal like ten percent. It's still. Oh, okay. Okay. Not even close to a 1080 Ti. Okay. Now, that's one example, Vega. Another yeah. example, the 7970. When the 7970 came out, it couldn't even really beat the 680. By the time that generation was over, it was competing with a Titan. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it's that. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And also, that was the 7000 series. And also, that launched in December. Near oh, the end of the okay. year, and the drivers weren't ready. So I would suggest we may be looking at another GCN situation. That'll be. It cool. doesn't change how stupid I think this is. Though, then you should have launched in January. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Everybody should learn from Cyberpunk and every other game launch in the last four yeah. years. Launch the thing when it's ready. Like people are just. Yeah, we can wait. It's fine. Please just launch a complete product. But so yeah. I, I I don't think this is copium because I kept even arguing with some people at AMD like, I don't know, I've seen this before. You guys are like, it's going to get better. But it is supposed to perform around a 4090. <laughs> and hopefully they can get it there. Um, you know, and I think I agree with you, though, even if they did, like even if the 7900 XTX gets close to a 4090 in a few months, even if mm-hmm. the 7900 XT you know, ends up getting somewhat close to a 4080. I still think it's got to be like 750. Mm. Like they got to drop the price. It doesn't matter how good it is. I just think it's dumb at $900. Mm. Yeah, that's so much money for a single component. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Unless you're just capable of doing insane things, which I think the 4090 is, you can't demand a price above 800 bucks. Mm. It's kind of the argument I would make moving forward. Um, let me see here. Let me throw in this question here then to wrap up the GPU discussion. John Easterling writes in and he says, Hi, Tom and David. As someone who got into mining with a 6000 series and a 30 series card, it kind of makes me wonder why people hate miners so much because when they go bust and they have to sell off their stuff, there's tons of great deals to be had in the secondhand market. I know short term they drive up prices, but maybe that's okay if miners get the expensive new toys first and then subsidize the next gen by overpaying. Oh, that's one way of looking at it. Because I know Tom used to mine a bit. What are your thoughts? Am I off base? You know what? I'll answer first. I think anyone's mad if they can't get something they want. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the reason is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a that that's that's fair. 
um like when i was when i was reading that comment i was like it it kind of or or that that question i was i was kind of thinking of it from the perspective of like if you're living in a small town and like everything like your rent is affordable like all your food is like you know relatively cheap it's one of the reasons you live there and then like a global pandemic happens and then all the like city folk realize that oh if i move out to this little town my rent is going to be cheap and then they move there and then suddenly it's all just expensive. Everything is expensive now. <laughs> and then the people who were living in the small town before are usually not very happy with it. And I think that's kind of what happened with the GPU space. It's mm. like, you know, the gamers were happy just being gamers in their paddle pool playing with their graphics card. And then miners came and made it expensive. Um, but I, 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 I do get where they're coming from. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a commodity. Like if people want to buy it, like they, they're, they're more than welcome to do it. It, it just sucks that it makes it expensive for everyone, you know? You know, the what I would say, too, is <sighs> I don't really buy his argument of, like, mm -hmm. we made it better in the end. Yeah. Eh, don't pat yourself on the back, guys. But what I would <laughs> say is I just it's hard for me to feel bad for anyone here when it's like you're complaining about getting if we're talking about last gen, mm -hmm. you want like a 30 teraflop or whatever it was. I don't know, 30 something teraflop. 3080 to play a game you could probably play already <laughs> at a higher resolution mm. when these graphics cards can be used for AI research curing cancer. Mm. So it's hard for me to feel sympathetic when I'm like, guys, we've been able to play the latest games for a while now. Mm. <laughs> I think a lot of this is all of this is cake yeah. is I guess what I'm kind of saying. And as long as graphics cards and now the 4090s at like 83 teraflops, A1, A6, the new A6000 can get to like 100 teraflops if you push the clocks. This can be used for things besides gaming, guys. And I think it, I think it always will be able mm. to be. These are always going to be useful for not just gaming when they have the performance of what was a supercomputer 10 years ago. Yeah. But I mean, there's a difference between mining a cryptocurrency and cancer research let's be fair <laughs> like the one the one is very much for the greater good of humanity and the other one is mining so i i, I guess that's that's part of it but um like i i i do i, I like i i agree with you on that like yeah it, it's a gpu if it's good for a thing people are going to use it for it you know um, well but you know it's like not everyone's using these for cancer research you could say well i'm doing ai research and it's mm, like mm. oh good thanks you're making it so ai can break <laughs> capca like <laughs> nice research thanks <laughs> you know yeah. like I, oh, i'm working on quantum computing oh you're working on the thing that will make us all have to change how we handle passwords yeah. and i'm not really sure what else it will be used for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. thanks for doing that yeah, it's, for cyber I, warfare yeah <laughs> it's like i think there's tears mm. of self-righteousness no to what exactly. you use graphics cards <laughs> yeah. for is my point yeah. and graphics and gaming isn't in the middle that's yeah. all i'm saying is my point no no um, e exactly yeah it, it's still very much a recreational thing like no it, and and that's one of the reasons why gamers don't want to pay as much for them is because it's a recreational thing it's you know it's yeah it, it's it's not that self-righteous and, and I could make the argument, you know, there's a lot of people in Venezuela who are mining cryptocurrencies so they can even buy stuff. Mm. To be fair, I don't think most miners are in Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> I think most miners are in a place in, with cheap energy and have plenty of money. But, but, um, but so mining isn't, it, like GPU mining is not viable at the moment, right? I, I don't misunderstand that. It's... Oh, that's, I mean, that's an interesting discussion in and of itself. The way, so 
I mined in 2013, like Litecoin and then Darkcoin that later became called Dash. Um, and it was totally viable back then. You know, I had free energy in my dorm room and I, and I, I went to a college called Michigan Tech. So that's actually, I believe, more north than Toronto, even though it's in the U.S. It's like okay. at that upper tip of the upper tip of Michigan above Wisconsin. It's like up there. If you were to go on Tinder, you would match with people in Canada sometimes oh, across God. the river. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So it was cold. Energy was free. And I didn't have a lot of money. I built this $400 rig with two 6850s and a 6870. And that was going. And then I had a couple 7950s or a 7970 and a 7950 because they let you crossfire different cards back then in my desktop. And that was it, you know, and I made like I don't know, 15 bucks a week or 20 bucks a week or something. Or eventually at the peak, it got to more than that. And then, you know, eventually I just had these rigs running in my my parents' basement while I was on vacation. I remember that. I like went on vacation and like brought the rig there. So if it something went wrong, I could like call my dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sold them off, you know, and I, I built the new rigs in 2020 and kept them going till like oh, in 2018. 20, no, 20, 2017 and kept those going to like 2018. Um, and it always just felt like mining became worth it again every few years, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and it was because of Ethereum. And mm-hmm. I never built new rigs recently here because it's just not worth the headache. Like it really does become a job maintaining mm-hmm. like server stuff. Um, and I just had like my 3070 mining at night or something. Okay. And which I always recommended gamers to do. Like if you're going to, overpay for these cards at least make some money back at night and now ethereum's gone proof of stake and they actually have (laughs) it's like three years late but they actually did it and i don't know i think for the and cryptocurrency prices are down and so i think for the foreseeable future mining is just going to be un it's viable if you have free energy for sure there's always some stupid coin to mine like barbecue pig coin or whatever the heck who knows what they've come up with now but you know, and mining will always be viable for like Bitcoin because it always mm-hmm. has to use mining, but you don't use a graphics card for that. So they're not really competing with mm-hmm. us. Uh, in fact, Bitcoin mining ASICs, you are already, I think, on three nanometer. Okay. They make these 50 millimeter squared chips and they actually use them to test out the new nodes. So I could actually make the argument Bitcoin miners are helping us. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I don't think Ethereum miners really are at all, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And right now it's unviable and it's hard for me to say, I know this was long winded, but I just wanted to make it a complete mm. answer. Mm. I think it's difficult for me to say how long this will last. And, mm. and I think there's no way around it. You know, during the graphics card shortage, you also couldn't get a PS5. Mm. PS5's in stock, guys. I don't think it was just miners. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say how much of it was miners because it definitely was part of it. And it's hard for me to say how long this will last. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think half of the reason prices are down now though is people really did buy a lot of graphics cards two years ago there really was a pandemic where we were forced inside to use computers and now we're not yeah so i don't know it's hard for me to say what will happen but i think for i guess let me say this i've seen a lot of miners go i'm not going to sell my cards off i'm going to wait for the next mining boom you're going to be waiting a while dude Okay. So th- that's my answer. I, I hope I didn't just completely hijack with how long I took to answer that. No, 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 no. It, it's it's interesting to hear that background on it because, you know, this this is like the second one of these waves that we've had. So it's interesting to get background around how 
how long it may be until the next the next wave happens. I think it's actually like the third because there was oh, okay. the 290x with Litecoin. I remember those shot up to a thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Then there was, and before that, there was actually a brief one in 2011, but it was so brief it didn't really matter. Um, and then there was the, of course, Polaris Pascal one mm, with Ethereum. Mm. And then there is just the Ethereum one again with Ampere. So mm. I think, I think this was the end of like, and the Vega, Vega was huge for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think this is like the third or fourth technically, but this was definitely the worst. Like there's no yeah. argument around no, it. This was the worst yeah. one. Yeah. And it was long as well. Well, I think it was the worst one as well because it worked three times in a row. It wasn't like, I remember when I mined Litecoin in 2013, I didn't even understand what was going on. And it seemed so risky. And then the third time it happens, you're probably going, this isn't risky. This has happened three times in a row. I'm getting yeah. in on this gold mine. Yeah. No, definitely. It's normalized um, so much. Yeah. This holiday season, I was conscripted by my girlfriend's family to build her sister her first gaming PC. And I'm pretty excited about how it is turning out with an i5-12600K, RX 6700 10GB, and of course, Windows 11 Professional that was bought from cdkeyoffer.com for a reasonable price. This piece of content is brought to you by cdkeyoffer.com and their Christmas sales event. cdkeyoffer.com is a long-term sponsor of Moore's Law is Dead for a reason. They've been good to me, my friends, my family, and of course the entire Moore's Law is Dead community for years. And honestly, they're just easy to work with and they keep reliably providing me and everyone I know with a product that I honestly think PC gaming needs Fair pricing on Microsoft software and other products. And that includes Microsoft Office Professional 2021 that I'm excited to surprise my girlfriend's sister with the knowledge that her PC will come pre-installed with Microsoft Office 2021 Professional. And it's because it wasn't that expensive to get from cdkeyoffer.com. If you need reasonable pricing on Microsoft software this holiday season, and I would assume anyone building a PC this Christmas does, then make sure you use offer code Broken Silicon for 25% off software, Moore's Law for 10% off physical products that they sell from their website now, and Die Shrink for 3% off everything else. Using these offer codes really does help Moore's Law is dead a lot, and it helps you save money. Go to cdkeyoffer.com today. But um, let us stop talking about mining here and move on to some of the final discussion subjects. So... Zen 4, Zen 4's launch, Raptor Lake's launch. I, I do want to talk with you at least a little bit about that. I mean, di I don't know if you had any thoughts about when AMD said Zen 4 would be at least 5 gigahertz, 15% better or more, and then it ended up being 30% better in 5.7 gigahertz. <laughs> like, that, this is, it was the opposite of RDNA 3. They yeah. way downplayed the performance. Yeah, see, I feel like you need to pick one as a company. So, like, Either always <laughs> exaggerate or always undersell. Don't don't play with our emotions like that, where you sometimes over and sometimes under, you know? Like um, right with with uh, the Lovelace announcement, they said two to four times the performance of a 3090, and we just knew to throw that number out. <laughs> We're like, that's a number you don't pay attention to. Okay, NVIDIA. Exactly, yeah. Like at least be relatively transparent about how, you know, what for us to expect what's what's gonna happen. Um, but you know, at least it's 
it's at the end of the day, like you, you still have to watch the like the the actual people reviewing, like third parties reviewing the products before you buy it. Like I don't know how many people actually buy this stuff on those presentations based on that information. Mm-hmm. So you know that helps at least. At least it's not. Yeah, the 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 people do still get to see impartial reviews before buying the thing. Um, but, you know, let me say this. <clears throat> My theory for what happened with RDNA 3 is that they heavily, heavily cherry-picked benchmarks for that mm-hmm. presentation because they thought they would fix the drivers by launch. Oh, okay. And so they were like, oh, but this... Because if you remember, before RDNA 2, their performance was actually better than what they presented. So they were like, at a minimum, we'll be this. But we're not done with the drivers. They thought they were doing that again here. And then it, nope, <laughs> it's like half what you said it would be. Um, but what what do you think about, what did you think about Zen 4 and Raptor Lake overall? So it, it was, the, the first thing that made me really excited about it is I love the new socket because I, I don't like the AM4 socket, just not, not in terms of, like just in terms of practically the socket sucks like not when it comes mm-hmm. to them supporting it forever that's all really good but um the 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 new socket is way better am5 uh physically it the platform was just very expensive when it first came mm-hmm. out like i went out and bought a 7700x and a uh, just a did like an like a, a, an x670 motherboard the cheapest motherboard i could find for it was like 300 and something dollars for like the how is that the cheapest motherboard for a platform but i think with b660 which is also still expensive but the the prices are creeping down but that was Mm -hmm. my like initial thing with zen 4 was that the cpu seemed interesting it's just the platform was new and expensive so let me bring this up though because i i brought it up around that launch too is when X570 came out, it was super expensive. Mm. Like, you mm. know, the I paid, you know, $450 for my X570 motherboard. Now, it came with a sound card. <laughs> it was, like, the only compact one. It had, like, next-gen Wi-Fi and stuff. So I got, a, you know, maybe $350 if we removed the sound card. But that's still a lot of money for mm. a motherboard. Mm-hmm. Isn't that about what they're charging, though, for the new generation? I mean, how is that any different? And B, if you, I don't know if you remember B650 or B, B550. yeah. B550 was like $200 at launch. That was yeah. that 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 seemed so silly back then. Yeah. Isn't that always what happens? Though? Isn't the platform always expensive? It seems like people are more mad this time around though about it. I, I won't say they yeah. aren't. Yeah. I mean the thing is I I was complaining about the motherboard the motherboard prices back then as well. Um but the thing is the the advantage back then was that you could if you had an older AM4 board, you could like drop one of those CPUs in mm-hmm. there and you didn't get PCIe 4, but you could still do That's that. True. Whereas now you don't you you don't have that option, which, you know, like the prices will come down. Like it's it's just a new platform. Like it like you said, it 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 is how it works. But um yeah, it it, it is just compared to especially the previous gen Intel stuff. It, it 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 did seem really expensive for what you were getting and the previous gen AMD stuff as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, Zen 4 is a bigger increase than Zen 3 was. It's like mm-hmm. Zen 3 was just like 25% better. Zen 4 is like 30% better single threading, 50% better multi. So it's a bigger increase. Mm-hmm. But still, Zen 3, no new motherboards required. Mm-hmm. And with Zen 2, 
they doubled core counts. <laughs> like mm. it, it, maybe the platform was expensive, but I mean, you're getting a 16 core and we were selling quad cores a few years earlier. Yeah. So it probably didn't feel expensive compared to now. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say really what I think about it because a lot of these initial launches, what I've learned is they have to use air shipping. So mm. that's like four times as expensive to ship in these boards. And so of course they're going to focus on the most expensive models. Yeah. And boat shipping always takes six to 12 weeks. And that's why it always takes a few months for prices to come down because that's when the boat shipped units have arrived on shores, you know? So I don't know. It's, I, I still think that it's obvious though, that motherboard makers really thought they could get away with more than they ended up getting away with. And you're already seeing insane discounts on these motherboards on Zen 4, which I guess that's kind of rolling to that conversation. I mean, I'm looking at Newegg right now. The 7600X is $240. The 7700X is, I don't even know. It says I have to like look in the cart. So probably really cheap. It's below 350. Oh, okay. And the 7950X is, is it in stock? Is that actually sold out at its discounted price? Let me look here. The 7950X is in stock now for $570. I mean, Prices have basically dropped 20 to 30% mm. across the board here on Zen 4. I mean, at these prices, I'm assuming you were like, cool, but expensive. Is this exciting now, though, at these prices to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> but I, 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 I am quite a, like, I like getting the really heavily discounted previous gen stuff because it's such good value then, like, or now at least, because it's all so competitive. But looking at a $350, like 7700X, and then th the main question that I have though is what is DDR5 looking like at the moment? Has, has it come? Yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. come down in it's price It's more, but it's not crazy. I don't yeah. Think. No, it, it's, looking a, it's looking way more interesting than it did um, a couple of months ago. Like, wow, yeah, there's 32 gigs for like 140 bucks. 120. Yeah. Yo, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny too because I remember I leaked like, from what my understanding was, retailers are basically selling Raptor like at cost. And if you look at Intel's financials, not good. <clears throat> Intel's kind of buying a win with Raptor like, like they're trying to make their product look good, but they're not making a lot of money. I was always told from the beginning that Zen 4 had like, pretty big fat margins on them and they could drop prices if they wanted to. And uh, now we're seeing it. Mm. What I don't understand is why AMD tried to do that. I know why to make money. I, I know, but mm. this is the first generation on a new socket. You think if there was one Zen five is going to probably be a much bigger increase than what they brought here. Like you think if there was ever a time to be not greedy, it's when you need to get people to buy into a socket that will yeah. keep them for five years. And I can't believe AMD missed that opportunity at least a little bit. Like if they would have launched at these prices before Raptor Lake was out, yeah. everyone would have bought it and you just locked in not just a Zen 4 purchase, but probably a Zen 6 purchase as well. Uh, that's that's a that's a very good point. Um I mean, I wonder because I I remember the initial sales being really poor and they actually pretty quickly started dropping the price on it, didn't they? So mm -hmm. I wonder how they're selling at the moment. The summary I've been given, and you can kind of see this on Amazon CPU bestsellers, is Zen 3 is outselling everything this quarter by oh, like okay. combined. Okay. <laughs> and then after that is, I think, Alder Lake. <laughs> and then after that is Raptor Lake. And then after that is Zen 4. But it depends on the model. 
Like the 7950X is selling very well because it's just a more efficient i9. Mm -hmm. And the i5 from Raptor Lake is outselling the rest of Zen 4. (laughs) So it depends on the model, but you would say Raptor Lake is outselling Zen 4, it seems, 20%. Okay. But we'll have to see what happens because these prices have only been around for about a month. Um, Mm. But the sales winner is Zen 3. I mean, I'm being told like, it's outselling everything combined by a factor of two at some stores. Yeah, but it, it makes sense. Like, if you look at these prices, it, it's just so hard to ignore because it's so much cheaper. Like, a 5800X is selling for $230 now. That's crazy. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny. <clears throat> if you actually do, like, a poll, like, just me and Dan, uh, what did we get? Dan got a 5900X for, I think he got it for... for for 400 it's already cheaper than that now (laughs) and i got a 5950x for 450 so when push came to shove Mm. we just upgraded our system so Mm. i think i would agree you know i've been telling so many people if you want to build a system now man zen 3 5800x Mm. 3d it's a 5700x or 7700x basically yeah for less money you can just drop it into a cheap motherboard. You don't even need fast RAM because the Vcache actually makes up for the RAM speed a little bit. You can get 3,200 megahertz budget RAM. Yeah. Yeah, and, and DDR4 is so cheap as well. You can get, for, for mm-hmm. like for 50 Canadian dollars, you can get a decent kit of, like 16 gig kit of RAM. That's, yeah. So the, the, the winner of this, of this Christmas period is the previous generation, it seems. <laughs> and it, CPUs and GPUs. And GPUs, right? Yeah. It really does seem like that. Um, all right, so let me move forward here. The, the only We've already kind of talked about um, the graphics cards. We, we've, we've talked about the CPUs. Um, but the final things I have before I were to get into a few of the subjects for next year is just... DLSS 3 and the 12 BH Power 16 pin issue. So I don't know how much you want to talk about either of those, but that they're on the list and that did happen this year. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of my take on that. And uh, DLSS 3, why is it not available on ampere that's kind of (laughs) i think we know why (laughs) yeah no exactly that that's yeah so that that's kind of that's my feeling about about those two yeah i mean have you i haven't had a chance to test it yet because i don't want to have to like buy a game to test it and it's coming to mountain blade banner lord which i play a lot okay so i'm like well let me try it in a game i really play but it's not in that game yet it's really not supported on that many games Mm. yet i know they say there's 30 games that support it there's not there's like five (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> and these other ones say they're gonna get it yeah so have you tried out dlss3 does it look impressive to you do you think it's a gimmick i don't have a 40 series gpu so i don't <laughs> i don't, I don't right. have any of them yeah um but i th- th- there were issues with like tearing and stuff wasn't there with like weird frame interpolation issues and stuff isn't there with dlss3 um yeah i mean you basically get <laughs> I think Hardware Unboxed uh, did a very uh, good video about this where they highlighted that for it to really feel good because there will always be artifacts. Mm. And, and I know what he's talking about because I went years uh, without having a FreeSync monitor, just using mm. my old 144 hertz monitor. And I didn't really feel like I needed FreeSync at 144 hertz because mm. if you just turn off VSync, 
and cap it around the frame rate max of your monitor, it's refreshing so fast you don't even see the tearing, mm. you know? Mm. And so, but then again, if that's the argument, and he's like, so basically you need a graphics card that's natively at least running the game at 90 frames a second. Okay. And it doesn't improve latency. So if you double it from 90 to 180 frames a second, the latency is actually the same or worse. And so then I yeah, go, well, it's like, what's the point? It sounds like you're telling me yeah. you need a card that's already maxing out your monitor for it to not <laughs> suck. So what is the point? Yeah. Um, I, I like... I like DLSS and FSR a lot, like the normal implementations of it. I think that, you know, because of when you use it on a lower end thing, it makes it much better. Um, it, it's a technology that makes sense in that context. So that's why having DLSS 3 only on 40 series GPUs is so annoying because th that's not the context that it is useful in. And then hearing that you need a very high frame rate to make it not feel terrible, make, you know, like makes it even worse. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a bit of a miss for me. Um, well, you know, and, and what Tim said at Hardware Unboxed that he's really worried about is he's worried NVIDIA is going to try to use this to market the, I don't know, RTX 4050 as the same as the 3080. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he said, trust me, if you double 30 frames to 60, it feels so sluggish. It oh, feels like okay. you're gaming at 20 frames a second, even though it kind of looks normal. Oh, that's crazy. So I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can say about DLSS 3 that gives me hope for this technology is it doesn't run into a CPU bottleneck. It's doubling mm. your frames and using an algorithm to try to make it look good. So that means in like games that have super heavy CPU requirements like Spider-Man or Flight Simulator, you can run a 240 hertz monitor and you just literally weren't going to be able to before. And it mm. does look smoother. So mm. that's an interesting use. And mm. the thing is, though, it requires you to use NVIDIA Reflex to not feel worse than not doubling yeah. it. And what NVIDIA Reflex does is it throws out frames that would hurt latency. So okay. what I wonder is just if eventually what NVIDIA can do is throw out the artifact frames to help latency. Yeah. If Inherently, you're never going to make this feel as low latency as a native resolution, for, mm -hmm. as a native frame rate. But I wonder if they could make it feel... Ha almost half as good, a little better than half as good, and also remove the artifacts. Because if they yeah. could, I do think it's an interesting feature if like 480 hertz monitors became standard. And I mean, you know, again, with the older versions, it took it a while to get better. You know, mm -hmm. like it, it is the kind of thing that improves over time. So maybe, maybe a year from now, DLSS 3 would be something that is really interesting and really exciting. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good well, point. Well, let me move on to this then. I think it was one of the things you're kind of interested in, but transitioning into a few of the subjects uh, that are about things happening next year. Okay. FSR3 fluid motion. Yeah. What do you think AMD has got to try to accomplish with FSR3 <laughs> to make it look good in a way that DLSS3 I don't think is really taking the world by storm, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... It's the kind of thing that if they can deal, but I mean, it's difficult to speculate on this because I don't understand the like the the actual technical 
requirement behind it. So f- this is very much just from a layman going like, well, if they can deal with the latency problem, that would be really good. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what You don't know if you're saying it'd be cool if you could just make my toaster fly. And it's it, like, it, we exactly, can't do that. <laughs> it, exactly. I, I have no idea what the engineering behind it well, is. Well, the way DLSS 3 works is it takes it's not a future frame, but it renders one frame and then it waits, renders a second frame, and then it uses an algorithm, gener- you know, powered by AI, supposedly, to average the frames together and guess what the middle frame would look like. Okay. And that's why every now and then, if you've looked at like the Dolly picture generator, every now and then it just, as my brother puts it, has a Dolly painting appear <laughs> in front of you <laughs> because it is an AI algorithm yeah. guessing at what you want to see <laughs> yeah. from two samples so and then if you think about it if that's how it works it's always gonna have twice as much latency Mm -hmm. if it has to wait on a frame to render the bonus frame right yeah unless it can find a way to guess the frame before it's done with the previous frame which would that be some black magic but i don't think that's gonna happen soon yeah you know I, i think that's really the best case scenario you can expect is what if they had an algorithm so good that it could guess the next frame before the first frame was entirely done rendering and then threw out artifacted frames to help latency. But that sounds, that sounds almost impossible. To yeah. Me. So, yeah. Like that kind of makes it sound like the, just the concept doesn't, because the whole point of getting a high, like the latency is such an important part of getting a higher frame rate. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like it, it's just, it looks a bit smoother, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how appealing I, I think that the, the concept of it is. You know, it's um, an interesting thing that an AMD engineer pointed out to me. Uh, he said we already had fluid motion eight, ten years ago. Oh, okay. I, I'm like, what do you mean? And he sent me a, a an advertisement for Radeon from 2014. They oh. were already using fluid motion for TV. You could turn it on with any Radeon graphics card, and I guess they just never marketed it so all they're doing is taking this algorithm they've had on the shelves for 10 years and going oh yeah maybe we use that for (laughs) again this is like where i go amd why weren't you first like what are you doing (laughs) yeah do they is it like a marketing department issue like that's yeah oh it definitely is at least partially right like who wasn't telling people this feature was enabled for movies on youtube already and who didn't think you know well, I guess I, I kind of have a suspicion as to what was going on. They probably didn't put it in games because they probably don't think it works very well and this mm-hmm. is stupid, but now they have to because NVIDIA is. Yeah. I would argue that's probably why they're doing it. That that makes sense. Yeah, that, that does. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I guess what I'm, what, I'm th- what I'm thinking then is what would make FSR 3 successful is if it works about as well as DLS 3 so NVIDIA doesn't have a marketing point. But yeah. Otherwise, unless they can do that black magic, I like yeah. guessing the frame before it's done yeah. rendering. I I don't see. I think this will always be an interesting technology for like games like Flight Simulator, mm-hmm. and it will definitely be something where if 480 hertz monitors become standard, okay, well now we at least can fill up the frames. But yeah. until then, it just feels like it's going to be something that's useful in like one out of twenty games. Yeah, you know. Um, I will say this too. I, I have this 4090 here, and I even and I tested a 4080 that had even worse coil wine. The 4090 doesn't have bad coil wine. Oh, okay. But I'm not gaming at 200 hertz. When I was benchmarking, mm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how we're going to have like 360 hertz monitors as standard. 
almost every game I tested had coil wine with every card I have here in two systems. I don't know. I think that's a real issue for future graphics cards if we're going to try to push super high frame rates. It, it is. You can play them like an instrument. It's it's really funny if you if you kind of get the because d- depending oh, you on can I would open and close a menu and go ee, ee. <laughs> yeah. yeah and even if you because like depending on how difficult the scene is to render like if you look around it also kind of changes the frequency of the coil line so I mean it's it's fun in itself you know it's it's it, they can market it as a feature at this point sure it gives you. <laughs> Yeah, fun can be had by the whole family. Um, yeah, coil wine is it's on everything. Like it is, it's a very it's a very common issue, even at like with every know. manufacturer. Yeah. It's not like I'm dunking on Nvidia here. Mm, no, no, it, it's it's a uh, yeah. I, I like I I don't even know how they maybe they can just really like sound insulate the the coolers really well, so that you have mm. like rubber lining around so that you can't hear the coil wine. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, because like. It's just so funny. Like the 3090 I had was powerful. This is, it's ridiculous. Any game, if I uncap the frame rate, it runs Battlefield 2042 maxed out at like 60% usage. If I uncap that sucker, time for coil, it's time for coil wine, man. Like, I think this is going to be like a huge factor like which manufacturer can handle this well in a couple of years yeah because it no you're you're right it is it's a problem with everything um is just like curious, you've been mentioning yeah, sorry, i've heard I, people say it happens on the ps5 too by the way because oh, the ps5 really? has games that run at 120 hertz and the xbox series x it's rare it's very rare but i've even heard now that the consoles can do high refresh rates they've heard it on consoles okay. so this is a problem they need to solve <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rubber insulation. I'm calling it now the same thing they use on cars, but or felt on the seatbelt thing. Yeah, you notice it doesn't flap against the seat. I know because yeah. I worked at GM and I was with the team that invented the felt on the seatbelt. Oh, belt, so. okay, yeah. oh, that's cool. Um, oh, I was going to ask you about. Uh, oh yeah, is battle is 2042 good now? Like you, you, you mentioned it a bunch of times. There's been a lot of hype videos about it recently, has there? I feel like we always end up talking about Battlefield at the end of every year, don't we? Yeah. Um, so when Battlefield came out, I actually thought it was fine. I think I told you that last year, you know, uh, it's fine. It just, what became apparent though, over time is they just needed more content. Okay. I think it's there now. I think they have enough content. They've added a bunch of weapons. They've added more maps and vehicles. Okay. And it's a fun game to play. The only thing I will say is God dice really does still bork an update every now and then. Like there's this like raw mouse input issue oh. where it just and i've heard of this happening in other games but i've never seen it until now you'll be walking like with a p90 and then just you just aim straight up randomly oh wow yeah not fun yeah very frustrating if you get killed when that happens yeah does it and, also know does it know when you're being shot at to do it then or is it is it at least random yeah. enough to <laughs> i feel like i'm just seen patterns that aren't there i don't okay. think there's rhyme or reason to it. Okay, i've tried okay. to find one what i will say is the fix was ma- raw mouse input turn off that setting oh okay and and, but then, it would re-enable itself every time you joined a game so you'd have to oh, spawn and and i know that's like one of those things where it's like guys how dice how do you how do you let this happen and then it took them like six months to fix six and it, months to fix that and it oh, popped okay. up in a recent update again it didn't happen the last game i played though so i think they immediately fixed it again but the fact that it took them six months to fix and then three months after they fixed it it popped up in one update <laughs> i was like what are you doing with your code there's no other game where i randomly aim up yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy I'll, I'll give it a, i'll give it a try i've actually i played the beta a little bit and then yeah so i should i should play some some 2042 
But I, I will say that I think the new Modern Warfare is pretty fun, and it actually oh, okay. has even more realistic gunplay. Like they've 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 ter- they've rebalanced for the new Call of Duty how often people use super high capacity mags to okay. where not everyone does. Like it's there's a real detriment to running around with a sixty round mag in an M4 okay. or something silly like that. And, okay. Uh, I I actually think the gun handling is better in Call of Duty, but then. Call of Duty has its own annoyances that are just always there. Mm. Like eventually they'll they're just gonna put you in a room with people that are double your skill level and it's gonna oh. get super frustrating. Cause I've actually heard they do that intentionally to try to have a dopamine hit when you oh, get a good okay. game, by the way. So oh, okay. it's hard to say, you know, I, I would say if you like Battlefield, frankly, me and Dan played it for a year, so we're just kind of taking a break and playing Call of Duty. But no, Battlefield's it's good now. It, okay. You should enjoy it. And I personally think the 128 player is fun for large conquest maps. I yeah. think that definitely that's absurd for like Rush, but I think yeah. for like a huge 10 base conquest map, it's cool that there's like five helicopters flying around in multiple squads. I think it's cool. Yeah, because I mean, that kind of chaos is part of what makes battle. That's kind of the thing that makes Battlefield Battlefield is that just insaneness. So I can and imagine I think it that. makes it better the yeah. problem was too they needed to re- to fix some of the maps because there just wasn't enough cover but they have so okay and and i don't know if they've added it yet but i think they're adding it only took them a year they're going back to the squad system okay oh that's so good. i would say if you've been waiting to play it oh yeah it's like cheap now it, it's fun it's a okay. fun battlefield certainly if it's like 20 bucks or something or 30 bucks it's worth the price of admission for like 10 different you know there's like 12 13 maps tons of game modes they add new game modes every week for fun like they'll oh, just cool. okay. they'll just do like uh you know battlefield bad company two maps with modern oh, weapons nice. or like uh battlefield 1942 maps with like bad company two weapons like they they do fun stuff so i recommend it okay that's cool i'm i'm, I'm busy waiting for the tarkov wipe though that's that's any that's around the corner the escape from tarkov wipes coming so that i can raise my blood pressure on that again very excited for that what's the tarkov wipe so escape from tarkov is I think it's the first-person shooter with the best gun mechanics. Like, you were talking mm-hmm. about COD's gun- gunplay. Tarkov's is, like, if you get into a good gunfight, like, it's crazy. It's really, really, it's it's such a good game. But it is extremely, it's like a, like, there's a Russian developer that makes it, and it's very, it's still in beta, but I think it's going to be one of those games that's in beta forever. Um, but it's, it's kind of like that Metro or like, even I would even bring up games like the last of us, like heavy, gritty, the gun shakes a lot, realistic feel, right? Yes. Yeah. But it's, it's PVP. So mm-hmm. you, it, you, you, you basically, you have a stash that you load your gear up and then you go into a map. And then if you die, you lose all your stuff and it's, you, your life is ruined. Or if you like, you have to extract to like get stuff out that you find in the map. So the, the the cool thing about that is there's a very heavy penalty to dying. So you're like actually scared and like it's it, it's really brutal though because that thing that you were talking about Call of Duty having you know high level versus low level players. There's a lot more recoil now too. Like it's it. You haven't played. The, did you play the previous Modern Warfare? Uh, the last one I played was like the first Battle Royale one. I th- oh, that's interesting. I recommend to try it. Okay. Try the new Call of Duty. It do, it feels like Battlefield. The controls oh, okay. more oh, so cool. than it feels like Call of Duty. But Th- sorry, go on. Th- th- that's a good sign. Um, like it's like it shakes a lot. It feels like 
like hard to aim and like it's not like a they used to feel like airsoft guns yeah duty like it doesn't feel like that anymore thank god that, that that's really good because it it made it feel yeah that that, that kind of actually having to fight your gun it, it's it very... feels less floaty than battlefield now oh okay okay so, uh, that's what i would say yeah i i for me like tarkov has kind of ruined gunplay for me in other games a little because of how how heavily like it, it really is very gritty like you were saying in that sense um but i'll be i i, I should try the new cod because i've heard a lot of people say good things about it so i should try you know i'll also throw this at you too it has full dual sense support on ps5 oh, and okay. pc if you oh, plug in okay. a ps5 controller on pc there's different trigger pulls like if guns Ooh, jam they okay. can lock up the trigger like well there's oh. no jamming in this game but that is something developers do now which is funny so that, that's cool same with metro exodus it has full dual sense support so that'd be a thing if you wanted to try that like interesting recoil mechanics and different and the guns literally feel different if you use oh, the controllers that, so yeah that might be fun to try too yeah that that's a that's a good point because i i i actually i don't have a ps5 i should i i i'm still looking for one they're very hard to find in canada um but they're in I, stock now in the u.s while oh and you'll love this when we when it comes to scalpers sony's just selling the ps5 on ebay Oh, okay, no way. And it's in stock. Oh, what? <laughs> so if you go to look for a scalped PS5 in the US, <laughs> there it's $600 and it comes with God of War Ragnarok and a headset. Oh, so it's, okay. And these scalpers are still trying to sell PS5s for like $700. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Sony, there's Sony, it's not Sony directly, but it's like a Sony-backed retailer with like the brand is selling PS5s <laughs> below MSRP. And I'm like, dude, this is what every company should do. Yeah. Just so scalpers, when they go to list their product, they just see the company selling it on eBay for cost themselves. That, that's a, that is a really good tactic, actually. And then I, hopefully there's a bunch of people stuck with a whole bunch of PS5s that they... There are. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... there's going to be. And it's like, uh, guys, I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's Sell it at cost, man. You got to get rid of them quick. Because <laughs> yeah. you know the slim's coming. You know, this is perfect. I wanted to transition into this as like the last conversation you said you were uh i don't know what color should i do for consoles just make it white for now you want to talk a little bit about what's coming next year mm-hmm. um and so i'm just gonna throw them at you i mean i think a ps5 slim is clearly coming out soon technically okay. i'm told that the current ps5s being sold already have a six nanometer die shrink in them oh, so they okay. use less energy and you know that's they're just getting i think they're getting rid of the old chassis before oh. they can put this six nanometer die in a slim one and it might not have a disc player, but it sounds like Clean Suite brings this up in the as a reader mail here. I've heard multiple rumors that they may have a detachable disc drive so they can make it even cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're going to do. It'd be cool if there was like a $350 PS5 Slim with no disc, but then you could buy a $50 disc attachment or something. I don't know. We'll see what they do, but PS5 Slim's clearly coming mm-hmm. soon. I believe the Xbox 6 nanometer refreshes are coming this year as well. And this should be when we start seeing rumors about a PS5 or like firm rumors. I've already heard they're making it, but like Mm. PS5 Pro, whatever they're going to call the update to the Xbox series consoles. Yeah. Which one of these are you interested in talking about? Or like, what do you want to go? What are you hoping for? What do you want to see out of them? And I think this is an interesting conversation after we've just seen a 4090 come out. That's 83 teraflops Mm -hmm. and the consoles are about 10. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, so as somebody that, you know, I I think my my interaction with console gaming is different than a lot of people who are just fully console gaming because you know I, I have a gaming system and I can like a like a PC. So the 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 full grunt of the console doesn't really matter that much to me. So mm-hmm. I I, to, I I just mainly want a PS5 for the exclusives, 
and the PS5 Slim seems really interesting. Like, do we, is that coming out soon, soon? Like, would it be stupid to buy? See, this is the problem. I don't know. I, I haven't, uh, there's been too much news with the PC stuff. I haven't followed up mm. with anyone on this. I really should have like a console expert on Broken Silicon early next year to refresh myself. Um, but uh, I, I'm not sure. But the fact that they're already putting six nanometer chips that mm. use like significantly less energy and get significantly less hot than the original launch console. They're on their second redesign of the PS5, technically. They had one in two, 2021 that was like half as heavy, yeah, yeah. and they just made it cheaper. And then they have a new one that's even lighter and uses less energy with 6 nanometer. <clears throat> I have to assume the Slim's around the corner. They've already yeah. got the new chip. You know yeah. what I mean? Th- that makes sense. And, and that sounds like if... That, that sounds like... I, I really like the idea of the detachable disk drive thing as well, because... Yeah, it, it means which they, I'm not a hundred, which I'm not sure of. To be yes. clear, <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I feel you on that, and I've, I've also seen the, the, those rumors floating around, and I, I do hope they find a way to implement that nicely, like uh, that it kind of aesthetically works with it and stuff. That it's not like a super ghetto, just tack it on the side thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think the PS5 Slim is very interesting because it's going to be like a cheaper, smaller version of it potentially. Um, but for the Pro. I wonder what they're going to be offering with it because like as a ju- step up from what the normal PS5 can do because we've got like high refresh rate 4K on a lot of games on the PS5, right? Um usually not 4K, but well I'll put it this way. Uh <laughs> I I just started God of War Ragnarok. I, I'm honestly only like an hour in, but Okay. It has like four setting four modes. Okay. It has like I think a, effectively a 4K 30 mode, okay. effectively a dynamic resolution like kind of like 4K 1440p-ish 60 mode. Okay. And then it has an uncapped high refresh rate 1440p mode. Okay. And that's what I play at and I my LG TV lets me put a frame rate counter on screen. Oh, okay. And so it was running like 90 frames a second with adaptive sync with like 1440p but it was super sharp because of their mm. upscaling algorithms and mm. i was like mm. yeah this is uh you know who cares how many teraflops it has i'm <laughs> playing god of war ragnarok at high resolutions near 100 frames a second this is not like last gen console game yeah. this is awesome like yeah you know so i almost wonder what they need out of a pro mm. um and actually before we move on to the pro I, i'm looking at some of my own links here in the description and at least the rumors people are looking at it sounds like they're probably going to announce this quarter one, and that's when they're launching PSVR 2. Oh, okay. So you know what? I bet they're going to launch it next to PSVR 2. Oh. That's just no source is my guess. You know, that would make sense to have a cheaper console mm. when you're launching a new VR device that goes with it. So I don't know. Do you want to play a PS5 over the holiday season? Get a PS5. Mm. It's in stock, and it's not scalped. Mm. And there are some deals where you can get a game with it free. You want to wait? I think you're only going to have to wait a few months to get the Slim. That's okay. my guess. Okay, that's interesting. Um, um, but yeah, on your question about the PS4 Pro, let me throw out this reader mail from Envious. He says, Hi, Tom and David. With Moore's Law being dead and the price per transistor going up on more advanced nodes, do you think we're going to see mid-cycle console refreshes this generation? For the next-gen consoles, are they going to have to use frame generation like DLSS 3 so that we can get to 4K 120 hertz. And uh, I thought these were really interesting questions because I know Sony has worked with AMD to design a PS5 Pro. I know for sure Xbox has designed some sort of refresh. Just because they've designed it doesn't mean they're going to launch it. Yeah. You know, as we've already seen, 
from what I've talked to you about the NVIDIA Titan, yeah. just because they have it in the labs doesn't mean it's ever coming out, right? Yeah. Um, but so what do you what do you think? Should they bother should they bother making a pro? Because it'd probably be six hundred bucks, if I had to guess. Or should they just focus on getting the PS5 to three hundred dollars? Yeah, I, I think they should they should focus on on like a slim that's cheap, like get, getting the prices down on it. Um, because yeah, like you were saying, it, it's already very powerful. And I, I, I mean, maybe for the VR, I guess the pro makes sense. Like, I don't know what resolution the, the, like the headset is going to be. So almost 4k, al- almost 4k. And then is that per eye or is that over? Or is it or slightly above 4k? I don't remember. It's uh it's, it's, it's pretty high res. It's, okay. it's around 4k, I believe if I remember correctly. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's how they could kind of try and justify something like a pro but if they're launching it alongside the slim then <laughs> you know like maybe it doesn't matter too much but for me personally i i don't know if i care that much about a pro considering that the you know like you were saying the ps5 is a beast already and the 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 xbox as well i just like wanted to look X. this up to uh make sure i'm not going to get destroyed in the comments okay yeah it's uh it's above 1440p per eye PSVR 2. Okay. And 4K is a slightly higher resolution than yeah. what the PSVR 2 is total. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's a high res. It's a little lower than 4K, but the thing that I've heard from developers is that foveated rendering works like really well. Okay. Like that there's little cameras that are tracking your eye movements inside the device and then rendering things around where you're not looking at a lower oh, resolution, okay. they say it really is giving like a 30-40% boost. So where okay. this would place it in VR is probably pretty close to like a 30-80 or 30-70 Ti, and that's probably good enough, isn't yeah. it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, VR does need a very high frame rate. Like, 90, is mm-hmm. 90 still the kind of, like, level that you're for aiming this, for? For this, it's going to be 120. Oh, okay. but I mean, in terms of like the hardware needs to be able to maintain that frame rate. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you you hurl. <laughs> is that is that a thing? I I'm not much. Of I a have VR a quest person, too. But, um, okay, and I you know it's not so much the frame rate so much as if it jumps around a bunch. I'm going to be oh, honest with you. Like okay. a constant 120 is really really nice. I forgot what frame rate my quest 2 runs at because i know they like overclocked it at a certain point which is yeah it's like 120 hertz now so okay i haven't actually used it since i got a 4090 i bet it runs at 120 hertz now but mm-hmm. it would typically run around 100 hertz and that felt fine you know i think okay. that's fine okay so i mean as long as the the slim can maintain the games at a, a, a good enough frame rate for that to not <laughs> make people ill then yeah it's going to be very difficult to justify a pro i think well, you know, and while I was told that these things are supposed to come out late 2023 or at least by 2024, I do wonder like how much of it's like, well, we're planning to make it, but we didn't think we'd be in a recession. And you have to mm. like the PS3's bad sales at first. I don't know if it was still a booming market. Maybe that thing would have continued to sell great. And it did sell out its first year. But once the recession hit, Sony just had to focus on price cuts. Mm. So I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going to both look around now at a recession and go, maybe, maybe a pro isn't reading the room very well. Yeah, and and I think that's you know they can also take a page out of <laughs> Nvidia and AMD's book of not reading the room very well, um, because the thing is the pro thing is also it. They just did it for the last gen. Like I, there wasn't like a mm. PS3 Pro and a PS2 Pro and a mm-hmm. you know. So I I think yeah maybe 
I, I don't really care if the whole pro thing <laughs> dies, to be honest. It's, yeah. My official statement, if anyone's, you know, I assume, I hope people are listening, we're putting this online, um, <laughs> is as far as I'm aware, they're still making one. Uh, okay. The question of if they should is a real question, though, mm-hmm. when inflation just happened this badly. Mm. I think it's a real question. Mm. And I do think the more interesting question is what the heck do they do with the PS6? Because there's all types of cool tech I'm sure they could put in. What would be interesting is if they had an in-silicon like ASIC doing DLSS 3 stuff better. That would be interesting. That'd be a very interesting... Like they did, they had silicon in the PS4 Pro dedicated to doing checkerboarding better than otherwise. So Mm. I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility that they could just have like a fsr3 you know asic built in that'd be really cool yeah yeah but what do they price it at because i don't know to get to the performance increase they need it's going to probably have to be on three nanometer that probably means it's coming in 2025 and i can't see the next gen being cheaper than 600 bucks if they do that yeah and i wonder how much that's going to matter to people but i don't know we've seen scalped ps5 selling for 600 dollars for two years yeah that's true i i think they can justify the 600 dollars price if they like introduce a vibrating functionality like you know some kind of like physical pleasure introduction <laughs> then then i'm then i'd be happy with it but if it can then, literally get you off exactly yeah 700 <laughs> yeah 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 700 is a bargain then um <laughs> but oh that's that's scary because i mean th- there's predictions of like chip pricing and stuff going wild soon isn't there like um so- i think it's probably going to go down a little bit now because nvidia Apple, the AMD, I, I don't think AMD is doing this. I think they still want as much capacity as possible. Like NVIDIA and Apple are trying to cancel orders. So oh, okay. that's going to tell you that TSMC thought they could get away with just raising prices. And I don't mm. think they're going to as much as they thought they would. Having said that, it does cost more. Yeah. It is a newer node using like crazy laser. T- like it's, <laughs> it's, it's way more expensive. So I don't know. I, I think, you know, five nanometer costs like 80% more, 50 to 80% more. Well, let's let's put it at forty to eighty percent more than seven nanometer, and I think three nanometer is going to cost at least fifty percent more than that. So it's expensive, you know, but it doesn't need to be like eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's no way around that. It's probably going to be six or seven hundred. But if they're going to do that, they better uh, they better be pulling some tricks again no, with exactly, what they do. Yeah. But of course, that's their job. I, why would I doubt it? They always find mm-hmm. some interesting thing to do with a mm-hmm. console. Um. All right. So. I guess the final thing I would say uh, of all these things we're talking about here is like, I think we already talked about the 4070 Ti. We've already kind of talked about what we thought was going to happen with some of this pricing here. But what about the PSVR 2's price? 550. And, you know, I leaked the bomb cost of the Quest. Like, literally, the document showing per part costs. And I'm telling you, man, the Quest 2 costs about to this day, about 300 bucks to make, and it's wireless and has its own APU built in it. I don't know what Sony thinks they're doing charging $550 for this. Don't get me wrong. I've heard the picture quality is better. I've heard it works better. It's an, I've heard it's better than the Quest 2, but it's not wireless. Yeah. So, and that is, and it works. The wireless works. I game wireless with the Quest 2, and it, the not having to plug in any wires is such a, it's amazing for VR. So, yeah, I don't I know. Did imagine. that price surprise you, though? $550? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe they think that they can charge that because, you know, it's like a not being meta tax. They're like, oh, you're not giving <laughs> your money to Zuckerberg. So, <laughs> you know, you can give us more. Because- I agree. That's what they think. They think, yeah. you know, they just launched the Quest Pro for 1500 so that you can use it while you're typing for some reason. <laughs> and they've raised the price on the Quest 2. And I think the Quest 3 is targeting. I forgot I leaked it. Like, I have the bomb cost actually for the Quest 3, too. Oh, okay. And it was like... Which, by the way, if these companies tell you, I, the reason I leak this is because it's like, I'm tired of these companies telling you costs are up a certain amount. They're not. Mm. <laughs> like, I think that's going to be like five, $600, like $4,600. So I think Sony figured we're just going to charge the same price as the Quest 2 and it's not meta, so people might like it. Yeah. I still think 550 is a hard sell, though. It, it It is a lot, yeah. Because it's also, yeah, like you were saying, it does. it's like a dummy device as opposed to it, it's it's just a like because the the quest stuff can actually like run games and stuff as well, right? Like it, mm-hmm. yeah. And of course, it's like I don't know, maybe a little weaker than an Xbox One, but that's enough to play Beat Saber, super hot. Mm. You know, watch any movies you want in yeah. VR without having to plug in a PC. Yeah. Um. So th- th- that does make the price a little like pretty, pr- pretty scary. But I I don't really know how to judge. To be honest, I I know very little about vr kind of like the vr market so i i don't know but 550 sounds a lot for it compared to yeah but i guess i was just hoping because sony had the best-selling vr device for years then quest had the best-selling vr device and still does and i was hoping sony would be like all right well now we're swinging back and we're going to try to make vr mainstream I mean, if they would have made it 300 bucks, would you have picked it up out of curiosity next to a PS5 eventually? I mean, if the... So for me, the thing that I'm worried, I, I'm waiting for VR to mature to a point that there's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of resolution not being good enough. Like, I, I'm very sensitive to pixel density and mm-hmm. I, I just am... Like, I, I have me a, too. Yeah, and and I have a friend who has a, I think he has a Quest 2, and he was saying that, like, you know, it's immersive enough that you kind of forget, but it's it's blurrier than he was expecting, and it's it's a high-resolution headset, you know, like, the Quest 2 has a reasonable resolution, doesn't it? So, so PSVR, there's definitely a screen box effect there yeah. with the original PSVR. The Quest 2 rose the resolution to, I think, over double what PSVR was. Um, I could be wrong. I don't have it up next to me. It, it's pretty but PS, high. But PSVR 2's resolution is over double the Quest 2. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Like, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. So, oh, per eye. Oh, it's not over double. That's per eye as well. So, I don't remember how high it is, but I think it's like, 50% better. It's like 20 to 70% better. It's like not double, but it's better. Okay. You know, okay. so in my, in my opinion, as someone who is sensitive, like I like gaming in 4k, I've been gaming in 4k for three years at 120 Hertz. I'll just turn down settings and mm. run it in 4k. Um, I think the quest two is good enough. Oh, okay. I, 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 that's what I think. Is it perfect? No, but playing half-life Alex, which is a fantastic mm. game. I didn't want to play that. It, oh, and again, with the Quest 2, it's wireless, and it's wireless when I'm downstairs. So I just oh. have my desktop up here, and then I just walk into the living room, put it on, no wires plugged in, boots up to remote desktop, and I start playing. Because uh, technically, it's connecting to my router down there, which is connected by Ethernet to this desktop in another room. Oh, that so, sounds really awesome. Can't do that with PSVR 2. Yeah. At least not yet. 
Yeah. But maybe they'll have an attachment that makes it wireless. It's feasible, but I think you agree, though. At 550, you're just probably not going to bother. And yeah. Sony isn't being aggressive, right? Yeah. And then if, yeah, like you said, if you have to then also buy an attachment to make it wireless, <laughs> then it's even more expensive. So, yeah, no, that is that is a bit ridiculous. Um, that's a shame, though. I wonder. I wonder if all this pricing was set before they realized that. Probably. Same as the 4070 Ti. Yeah. I just... There's going to be price drops next year. I feel it. <laughs> like, I, I think so. so. I really hope so. Well, um, no one's, I just don't see this moving a ton of units at that mm, price. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's like you, we were saying earlier, they, we've proved that gamers are <laughs> stubborn and not, they're not just going to like yield to it. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool if they, if all the companies realize that um, maybe, maybe drop the price. <laughs> well, the companies that can drop the price will. The companies that were already not doing well, well it's going to be a rough year for some. <laughs> All right. Uh, but on that note, I actually have one final reader mail here. Okay. Um, Golden Bolt writes in and he says, back at the launch of the RTX 2070 and with the launch of the 2070 Super and 3060, Gamers Nexus kept joking, we get it, NVIDIA, you can make 1080 Ti performance at 1080 Ti pricing. Is that going to be the same situation with both companies this gen, but now it's the 2080 Ti? Otherwise, I don't really see how either company can manage to squeeze in and cut down Navi 32, 8104, which is going to be used for the 4070 Ti, or full 8106, 107, and Navi 33 into variously reasonably priced SKUs. I feel like they're going to be climbing over each other to release 2080 Ti's with 10% performance deltas in either direction, and so too with pricing gaps of 100 to 150. It's like, we get it, AMD and NVIDIA. You can make a 2080 Ti three years in a row. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting question because it's like when you look at some of the rumors and I would agree with them, you know, like I know what the die is for like the 4060 and I think it's around a 3070. Okay. But okay, if the 4070 Ti is going to be 800 or 700 to 900, then I would suggest the 4070 is going to be around 600. I suggest the 4060 is going to be around four to 500. So yeah, it's 3070 for 3070 pricing. Like, yeah. I, how would you answer this question? Do you think this is going to happen, or uh, what do you think? Well, I, I I think a lot of it has to do with how the market responds to it. Like, because I think if they do this stuff, you know, if they're if they let let's say they do try to where they you know basically just do, like keep the 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 scale the same, um, and people keep buying it, I think they'll keep doing it. But I think if people just go like whatever screw this they're, they're gonna have to adjust it you know so i think it it has to do with how the market's gonna respond to it mm-hmm. um yeah and i think we've already kind of talked about that though like i just no i don't think anyone's buying a 500 dollars 4060 mm. and i think if they price it at 400 dollars and it's not at least as good as a 3070 ti mm. I don't think people are going to be that impressed. You can get a 6,800 for 400 bucks on eBay right now. And that's better. More RAM. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's very little, there's very little goodwill left, I think, between, you know, like the, everyone's real sick of this, (laughs) this whole, all of this. So yeah, I I think they've burned through their goodwill on it as well. So it'll be, I'm, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen next year with this stuff. Like I, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, ro- I'm rooting for your, for your stance on, <laughs> on, on the, the prices and stuff dropping because, yeah, it's just, I just, at the moment. 
can't see 20 million gamers saying, yeah, yeah I'll buy a $900 4070. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I just yeah. don't see it, NVIDIA. <laughs> um, but that will be discussed more on the next episode during the holiday uh, release. Um, what is it? Uh, series. Looking back at 2022 and forward to 2023, that will be with Dan. But I want to thank you for coming on, David. I think we've talked more than enough. I think we've yeah. gone through as many of the things that were interesting to us as we could from this year. And, you know, I hopefully I'll have you on again before the end of next year, but it just keeps coming around that it's like, Oh shoot, the year's over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I, I I like this kind of, uh, end of year chat about, about all of the stuff that happens because you follow it in so much more detail than I do. So it's a really nice recap for me as well, because you know, like I kind of just put my head down and go from thing to thing as it comes out. And it's it's nice to get more of this kind of view of it. So I, I really enjoy this, this session every year. It's awesome. Well, I do too. And, you know, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. Plug yourself. Oh, I am on the YouTubes. That's the <laughs> the place where it is. So David does tech stuff. Um, and... I like someone was saying right at the beginning or the, the viewer question from right in the beginning, it's not super serious testing. Uh, so if, if you're into that, then maybe it's not the right place to go. But if you want a good time with hardware, then come check me out. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't recommend you enough. There'll be a link in the description. And yep. Otherwise, you know, make sure you're subscribed to Broken Silicon on a podcast app. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to More Slides on YouTube. If you want to submit questions to guests, support us on Patreon. You know, look at our sponsors and uh, just thanks for listening. Tell your friends about us and continue to hopefully have a good holiday season, everybody. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website Moore's Laws Dead. Moore's Laws Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law's Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, I don't do this alone. Moore's Law's Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez, and special assistance by Carbon Cry. Find all of our information, including the information of sponsors you can support, at www.moreslawsdead.com. If you would like to send fan mail or hardware to us, please mail parcels to Moore's Laws Dead at P.O. Box 60632 in Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37206. And speaking of fans, patrons are what makes Moore's Laws Dead content possible. The aging business model of spamming ads all over the content is dying. The future of media will be built on fans paying for the content they actually want to exist. And so if you have the extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, access to the Moore's Laws Dead Discord full of like-minded people who would love to meet you and talk to you about computer hardware. I am one of them. Additionally, higher tiers get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the entire back catalog of Flyover State's podcasts and other projects, Moore's Laws that is done, and thanks in the credits of videos and other perks as well. And hey, 
If you can't afford to support us, please do share Moore's Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media, Reddit, and forums. And give Broken Silicon a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your preferred podcast app. All of this really does help so much. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, hire Tom for consulting, or are a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its patrons supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Brad Medlin, Drita Foll, A.V., Anthony Greffer, Greg Batecki, Muhammad Al-Hurari, Brett Jones, Aaron Close, Little Germany, Jan Randall, Daniel Hyde, Treadbird, Brian Riggleman, Dr. Foreman, Sam Miller, Deke, Josh Law, The Mechanical Philosopher, Terrence Herod, SNES Chalmers, Tom Bailey, Greg D. Wanchik, Andrew S., Frank Selinski, Daniel D, MJB1, Eric Jackson, Justice Brennan, Sammy Good, Valcom Alev, The Boss Haas, Nicholas Buckner, Spim from G Spantum, Jonathan, Lord Starstream, General Drips, Blake, Mexico Frederick, Matthew Lazier, Jensen Wang, Nathan Mose, Aziris, Gregory S. Acker, Dominique Cock, Jake Dude 23, Jake Martin, Cameron, Christian Lavoy, Hardforum.com, Original Ross, Zlicky, Lance Passer, David Cowden, Ricky Tan, Christopher A. Butler, GZ Ziggy, Sarcastra, Stefan Hart, David Sebastian, Meat and Pork Stew, Tim Robb, Luis Correa, Ian Clifford, Jesse Jeskowiak, Travis Gooding, Holden Mobley, Nanian, Chris Risk, Deepest Learners, Mads, Zutsu Taylor, Stephen Coates, Michael McGee, Chuck Glidden, Sammy Malotz, Greg, AWS Danny, Patrick Groh, Abel Chief, Brett Summers, Milton, Stephen Dick, Tommy, Kunden, Brucha, Mark Mitchell, Mac Daffy, Delman Peterson, James Anderson, Marshall Pierce, Mark Raidmaker, Dave Schultz, 3S Boy 08, Hal Buma, Narithiel, Matthew Landavaza, Stefan, Cole Attic, Henry Zhang, Judson N, Heath Moore, The Grid, Michelle Pell, D31337 Antics, Joseph Kelly, Noah Nicoella, Hexapuma, Chrysantine, Jerem Ferriera, Mayor, Keith Moore, Kita Abdul, Kadar, Precision, DNA Tech, Radeon Technologies Group, John O'Shea, Royce Meyer, Charles Russell, Reginid Ari, Slushbot, Teak Autumn, Jackson Miller, JSMMH, Neith Rizink, Mean Dean, Cal, Andre Jacques, Game and Sense Reagan, Jeff Settler, Jordan Simkovic, Loophole 35, Windstar, William Welpy, James I. Raider, Corey Leonard, Nalima, John Shim, Justin Bustle, Kelfin, Austin Hagerty, Roger Davies, Shea, Julian Leak, Corey Chappelle, Evan Dingle, C2, John Iverson, Samuel Park, Aaron, The Eternal Dreamers, Jansen, Angima, Mark Central, Derek Lambing, Michael, Fours and Fours, Himsa Gung, RB Racer, Space Channel 5, Jay Terrino, and of course, thank you to Sahara for the music.